Let's get sweaty. Hello and welcome to episode 5, believe it or not, of the Shemu Dojo Show with myself, James Brown, also known as Skull Jim, and of course, my favourite co-owner and co-host, Mr. E3 Press Pass, Matthew Oliver. <laughs> How's everything uh, going, man? Yeah, not bad, man. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks, dude. Yeah, just looking forward to today's show, actually. Got a week off from work now, and I'm obviously dreading the editing process for this episode and the YouTube version, but, you know, it's all good fun. It's going to be a good show, hopefully, today. A bit of a, a different one, an interesting one. Talking about E3, what do you think of all the non-announcements so far this year? <laughs> do you know, E3 is a weird year this year, I think. I mean, the pandemic has obviously had a real impact on games as a whole. I know your mainline sort of companies, publishers, etc., They've had their announcements and all the rest of it, but I, I do think it's been heavily, heavily hit. Um, getting press was was amazing, actually. Um, it's a shame E3's been a bit quiet this year, not just from a Shenmue perspective, but I think just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of having access to things early was fantastic. Sort of going around the booth, online booths, because obviously you can't, E3 is obviously online this year. Yep. So you go around the online booths, you watch videos, you can check out press releases, you can um, book in tests for games and interviews and stuff. Um, and I mean, to be fair, I'd do it again next year. I mean, the ultimate dream, uh, E3 means, I think, more to a certain generation of gamers than others, I think, because we remember the heyday. We remember sort of seeing Sega, Nintendo, Sony all battling it out at E3 for, you know, for the for the press, for the coverage, etc. Um, but if I ever get the chance and we get press again, I would love to go over there. Yeah. It'd be an awesome yeah, yeah. experience. I mean, like I say, there's been some cracking E3 press conferences over the years, and obviously the 2015 one, I would have loved to have been in that, that audience at that time, like not knowing that, you know, Shemu 3 is going to get announced and just, you know, being that guy that stood up and put his hands on his head kind of thing <laughs> in disbelief. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the dojos had press passes for certain things before. I know when you know, we were working under Peter's belt. He managed to get Gamescom yeah. passes. And obviously when we went to Monaco, Magic Monaco, we got a press thing. So this was kind of like the first event really under our tenure that we've been able to sign up for in a, in a way, even though it's it's not an actual live event. It was it was all digital this year. And I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are. I just think it's going to stay digital now because like you say, the, there's a new type of gamer on the on the horizon really that's, you know, not really uh, pleased with the way E3 is at the moment. Uh, it's crazy thinking back to like 2015 when that was the year of E3, you know, everyone was going crazy. That Sony conference, that was probably the greatest E3 in my opinion. I suppose it's a little bit different because we had live streams of it. If you if you went back, say, yeah, 10 years, 20 years ago, or whatever, when the Dreamcast was being shown off at E3, that might have been a different thing or I don't even know. I'm, I'm sure Shenmue must have been, you know, the original Shenmue games must have been an E3 conference. So that would have been crazy to see as well. But being able to actually watch the show, that was probably the, the highlight of my my life really so far, that, that E3 press conference and just the memories around that and the the emotion that it, it gave us at the time. But like, like I was saying, I think 
this kind of new generation of gamer, especially since Sony kind of dropped out of E3, they just it's gone a little bit sour onto E3. It's kind of like you know, yeah. there's a lot of headlines saying like, let's get rid of E3. What's the point of E3 these days? Everything's streaming. You know, it's a, a lot of money to get involved. It is, and I. I... It would be a shame to see it go, if I'm, if I'm honest, because I think we have an emotional attachment to it. I mean, 2015, which ironically enough is six years ago today, when, as we record this, it was six years ago that that press conference happened and we broke the internet. But I mean, crazy that you look at sort of the impact that press conference had, not just with Shenmue 3, but you had Last Guardian, you had the Final Fantasy VII remake as well. And... I don't know that that impact. I mean, 2016 wasn't too bad actually, as well, if I remember correctly. But sort of on then onwards with Sony dropping out, um, Nintendo sort of doing their own thing. I don't know. It just feels like the big guns sort of hold back a little bit at E3, whereas back in the day they'd really go for it. Do you think they can keep up to that standard though? Because like you're saying, you know, you got the those three massive announcements. It was like the holy trinity of announcements for a a game i mean not that i've got any affinity for final fantasy or last guardian i picked up last guardian i I quite enjoyed it i know you really liked it yeah i loved it but you know to other gamers those were like incredible announcements and the fact that they did it like one after the other almost it was like it was mind-blowing because and i think that was like one of the the few e3s where there was no leaks it was all like kept under wraps everyone was reacting to it in that exact moment like no one really knew i mean we had the little inkling from you suzuki that something could be happening (laughs) but no one actually knew to you know no one was expecting that and i think since then i think because of the the dawn of like twitter and social media and stuff and these so-called journalists and people that might have a little bit more insight and the you know the leaking stuff and left right and center it's kind of spoiling the actual event when you get to it because we already kind of know what the big guns are actually going to do yeah when they do it and then the rest of the stuff that we don't know about is a little bit more underwhelming because of that or yeah i'd say that's part part of it i also think that there's there's expectations now that i think some people are just they're sky high and that feeds into some of the narrative going around e3 i mean Mm. I take one of the polarizing conferences was oddly the xbox one which i watched i didn't watch it live i caught up on it and I'm not a massive Xbox gamer, hands up straight away. Um, but I have I have PC Gamer Pass and I do use it. And I liked it. It was it was good. But uh, literally it was on social media, best conference ever or yeah. complete utter garbage. And I'm sort of <laughs> sat there going, and I don't mean this to sound rude, but compare it to not just 2015, but other press conferences in years gone by. I'm sort of sat there yeah. going it was good. Like you give it a sort of a solid seven out of 10 for what Microsoft were doing with it. And I'm not going to into all the nitty gritty around release dates and all that rubbish. Cause I don't, I don't care. I don't care if console wars play games and enjoy them. But I just thought, I don't, and I don't, that's a low bar for me. If that's, if someone's saying, and that's my personal opinion, I'm not, don't want to disparage anybody's opinion, but for me, it's a low bar. But then I'm also biased because I experienced the, the, the absolute high of 2015 for, for Shenmue 3 and Last Guardian. So Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I was a big Xbox guy. I went from the Dreamcast to the original Xbox, and that was, you know, my console of choice. I didn't touch a PlayStation console. I went straight into Xbox 360, and I was really on the Xbox train, really. Mm. And then I, I gave PS3 a chance for the first time when The Last of Us came out. 
and you know I, I kind of got into it but it was only really the ps4 is when i started to to switch over my focus from xbox to ps4 because i, I just felt like xbox one had nothing i was interested in whereas you know sony exclusives and all the playstation uh, eco structure I, I could play the same games on the ps4 and more so it was like sony really won a lot of the gamers over there and i think that that shows in the figures and stuff and xbox is trying to slowly call the way back with game of pass like you say and stuff like that but the, that conference okay i'm not the biggest xbox fan myself anymore i'm, I'm i am siding with sony and playstation which is <laughs> as a sega fan from the dreamcast days is like a blasphemy, blasphemy <laughs> yeah but um yeah there's just nothing nothing at all interests me not even one game i don't think that can remember from that whole show i think even like last year was probably better for xbox because i felt like last year it was boom 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 you know it was game 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 and they, you know they, they kind of understood a little bit more last year what gamer wanted to see gameplay and stuff whereas uh, we were discussing a little bit in the, the staff chat, like Peter was saying, like, you know, this conference is, it's all pre-generated stuff. It's, you know, there's, there's no, they weren't actually showing any gameplay really until maybe Forza Horizon was five or whatever was the first little bit of gameplay. But up until then, it was all what we used to call CG trailers. And <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the thinking is behind that. Um, there's obviously a strategy behind it. I mean, Forza looks really good. I've, I've got, yeah. I play Forza and it's really, really good. And, it's always one of the better racing games out there as, as a as a whole. But I don't know. I don't know. I just it's a strange one to, to call. I, I I don't know either. I don't know if it's just because we're getting older and more cynical, and you know nothing really <laughs> impresses us anymore. Or you know they just. I just feel like there's a lack of innovation. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you know, Sega back in the day, you can you can name loads of innovative, fun games arcade you know there's no real arcade fun anymore. It's kind of like why I I, I kind of quite liked PSVR. Yeah, just because it was kind of like a different style to gaming again. It was trying to bring these short experience, almost arcade style games with the you know light gun games that I'm quite a big fan of, mm. and um, you know that that's kind of catered a little bit more to my tastes. But like I say, there's just massive epic games these days, or you know multiplayer shooters, or these battle arena, whatever they're called, Fortnite, those stuff those type of games that are kind of the mainstream and uh yeah i i don't i don't know i think i am probably just getting a bit too old <laughs> i think i think your point of innovation is a valid one um i mean with innovation comes risk these days and i think you get a lot of innovation in the indie scene in terms of concepts in terms of game style in terms of art styles and all the rest of it and i think that's where the innovation will will, will come more and more you know, someone will take a risk on on a particular concept and it might might boom and take off um, I just wish some of these sort of bigger companies would, especially the ones that have you know, had some real sort of massive hits, just take a risk on one. I know it's not good for the balance sheet. I know it's not good for the accounts and the number crunches, but they've got all this technology, all this money, all this resourcing. Gaming should be it used to be pushed forward year after year after year, and graphically it still is. But I just think from from a game perspective, I, I it's very similar and. I just hope we see a bit bit more breadth of genre of style of game. But as for E3, yeah, we'll, I'd judge it next year, actually, as to what happens. I think if the big guns sort of actually attend in, in person and it starts taking off again, then who knows? But I, I think coupled with expectations, the pandemic and everything else, it was a bit of an underwhelming E3, but I'd happily do press again all day, all day. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously the... Covid situation's not out this year. I think that's probably 
one of the reasons why such a poor showing for a, a lot of these companies. It's, I mean, it comes to a point where some you know remasters of games and stuff are more exciting than some of these newer games <laughs> to me. Like just in the Nintendo conference earlier, just a, a remaster of Fatal Frame Five. You know that that's the kind of thing that excited me a little bit and this you know the new super monkey ball game that's coming out that's just been announced it's supposed to compile the original the second and deluxe i think which are you a big super monkey ball fan isn't wasn't deluxe already a, a remaster of the first Possibly. game i can't remember I can't, I, I, my super monkey ball knowledge is, is slim at best i have played played it mm. and i will pick it up because do you know what if if you want these sort of older franchises to be revived, you need to get behind them. Yeah, I've, I think that's what we're hoping for, isn't it? I think if if you pick up a you know Super Monkey Ball, even if it's a remaster, if it does successfully, you know, like better than they thought, um, you know, we could see an actual brand new release in the that that particular series, and that could work with other franchises. You know, we had pre-access to Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. We did, and I highly recommend people go go out and pick that game up if you're. A fan of the Virtual Fighter series from back in the day, the Sega Saturn, or perhaps maybe you did play Virtual Fighter Five ten years ago or whenever it was released. This is like a fresh coat of paint. It's it's really fun actually playing people online and trying to get good at the game. I'm not very good at it, but the more I played of it, the 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 better I was getting, and um, I was just having a blast on it. Actually, I know we 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 streamed it. We did a couple of weeks ago when it first came out. Yeah, and it was nice to to be involved in it from from a obviously from a Shenmue standpoint, because it's Virtua Fighter leads into Shenmue in, in terms of its inspirations and everything else. So that was that was nice, and Sega sort of getting on board with it and really giving it a real push. That's the thing. I mean, mm. they've, they've been quite open in saying they're quite pleasantly surprised at how many people are picking it up because it's been on PlayStation Plus, and, and we talked about this on, on KC's show, actually, on the Sega Lounge. So mm. fingers crossed, fingers crossed that they sort of take more chances on these older sorts of IPs and... And give them a push because there's some good stuff out there. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And you know, support support this because, like you say, it's got links to Shenmue and in, in its origins. And I'd I'd love to see Virtua Fighter Six, and I think this is probably one of the ways of getting a Virtua Fighter Six. And like you say, you know, it was refreshing to see them actually state they're impressed by the the amount of people playing it. And I know that's always going to be the case in a way because it's free on PS Plus. But you know, technically, people. They've got a choice of downloading a free game. You know, even even a free game these days is like a a, a step too much for someone <laughs> clicking clicking download. So it's nice to see actually people picking it up and playing it. So, and uh, a good segue there actually, I will mention um, the Sega Lounge is definitely worth a, a subscription if you're into podcasts like the Shemu Dojo Show. I mean, KC he's been going for ages now, years. I, I think he had the was it a seven year anniversary yeah, the other seven, week? Yeah, seven years. We, you know, we seem to be involved in the show every week. Really, we've, <laughs> we've been in, you know, that first episode with the Winterfest thing. That's when we kicked off. Actually, no, a show before that. Actually, we did the interview with the Shemu Dojo kind of thing, and then we did the Winterfest show for them. And then you featured on the Alex Kid thing. Yeah, we both featured on the quiz, um, Sega, Sega Thirty thing. Yeah, we done that that seventh anniversary quiz, and then the Virtual Fighter episode recently. All great, you know, subscribe to the thing. You can, if you like me and Matt, <laughs> you can basically go and download six episodes there and have a bit more content from us as well at the same time. Um, but I will mention his latest episode is with Eric Calso. 
and uh, I actually listened to it in full last night, and it's a really, really good chat between Casey and, and Eric. So if you, you're fond of Eric also, and obviously voiced Fuxan, Guizang, Ren, go give that episode a, a listen. Um, yeah, it's a really good chat with Eric Calso. We're going to move into news. We've not really got too much to go through, so I think we should just blast through these. Uh, I mean, that kind of was a little bit of news. News on E3 there, news on Virtual Fighter 5 and Eric Calso, but uh, these are the actual headlines I've got written down. So if you haven't been, I guess, on Twitter, if you haven't been keeping an eye open, there is a new piece of Shenmue merchandise, official from Sega, believe it or not. And it's the Sega Shop Tubs Ryo Hazuki Duck, which <laughs> we, coined, we we coined the phrase of Ryo Kwakzuki. Yeah, you coined um, that one pretty quickly, to be fair. Pretty good, yeah. I think it was Chibi that came up with this, actually. I would, mine was like Duck Hazuki or something, or something stupid. But yeah, so that's available to buy right now. You can still pick it up. It's a pre-order, I think. I don't, I don't yeah, actually know when it's coming out. Do we know when it's coming um, out? I'm told early July, and the only reason I know that is because Sega Shop have kindly given us one to give away. Mm. So okay, there will brilliant. be a competition at some point um, for us to give one away. So keep an eye out for that as well. Perfect. But if you can't wait for a competition and you want to buy one yourself, uh, they're available on three websites. You can, obviously, if you're in the UK, segashop.co.uk. If you're in one of the, the EU countries, you've got Sega Shop EU should ship to you and uh, international usa listeners you can actually get it on us.justgeek.com so i i think that must be a, a an american website that's just it's got some of these products in there i, I think actually it's um what's the company that makes a lot of the sega shop merch Num, numskull mate numskull yeah they're, tie, they're probably tied to them in some respect aren't they? there's a bunch of their gear on that website yeah, see, I see a lot of people like whenever Sega Shop do a tweet or something announcing a new line of Sonic clothes or, you know, Sega satin jacket, something, you get people saying like, oh, why isn't this on the US site? But maybe it's on this us.justgeek.com. Mm, so, you know, if, if you're, a, you know, from the USA and you want to pick up this duck, maybe some other the, the Sega Shop UK items, check out us.justgeek.com. Um, and... We did notice that there's a, a one on the packaging, like a number one on the Rio Hazuki yeah. duck. So then that could make you believe that, you know, it's a potential series. I'd love it if it was. Yeah. So, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll propose this to the listeners. You know, what sort of characters do you want to see turned into ducks, <laughs> basically? Mm. You know, I think obviously Landy's a given, Shemfar, probably Ren. Yeah. They'd, they'd be the four, wouldn't they? So the mainline characters. Mainline characters, you think, that are in Sega's heads anyway, or like I say, with it being Sega UK working on this sort of stuff, possibly Tom. You could see a Tom yeah. duck because of what they did with the, the Sega Heroes. Yeah, mobile of app. course. Yeah, that's that's quite possible. He'd make quite a good one, actually, Tom. Yeah, yeah little dreadlocks coming off the duck. <laughs> <laughs> His little white shirt on. Not a bad shout. Okay, so since recording... This podcast from the other day, we're just going to slip this in here because this is still, it's really fresh news, hot off the press, as it were, and we don't want to put this podcast out while we're still editing it and uh, miss this. So just announced is a, a, a new Shemu music box from Wayo Records, um, who is like a, a French record music website. 
they sell vinyls uh, amongst other things and they're selling a range of music boxes they've got ones already for skies of arcadia i'm looking here chrono cross grandia and the latest one in their series number six is shemu this is a very unusual item for a shemu collector and um it's, it looks beautiful really it's i'll just read some of the information out they've got on the web on the the website here so here is the shemu official music box this precious artifact will revive the timeless memories of the legendary game and is delivered with a limited music score hand signed by composer ryuji yuchi so even that's an extra little bonus as well it's pretty cool when we tell you the price if it justifies it for you in a moment but <laughs> um so it says as part of our wayo music box collection here is the official music box from shemu this unique artifact carefully designed to reproduce the phoenix mirror so it's kind of got the the phoenix mirror decal on the top of this box and it plays the theme of chemoir and offers a precious and timeless moment of nostalgia to revive moments from the legendary dreamcast game it's especially arranged by composer ryuji ichi so he's, he's actually gone out of his way to um to to recompose this music box melody and it says this luxurious music box is delivered with a limited music score hand signed by the composer himself it's a true relic from the Shenmue universe and a must-have for all fans the music box is supervised and officially licensed by Sega so it's an unusual officially licensed um, Sega product it says the music boxes are exceptional items crafted with the best materials and entirely autonomous powered by their own winder key and trigger they are of the highest quality and serve both musical and decorative functions their design is the result of months of development from the distinctive music box arrangement to the careful selection of materials in order to create a product that exceeds the standards made, especially for passionate collectors. So it's a melody composed and arranged by composer Ryuji Yuchi. It's a collector's edition, limited to 250 units, including the hand-signed score by Ryuji Yuchi. It performs the melody from Shenfua's theme, which is 30 seconds long and loops 10 rounds, entirely automatic without a handle. Uh, measurement wise it's 220 millimeters wide 120 mil uh, 120 meters it must be millimeters Maybe. 100, <laughs> 120 millimeters deep that's going to be bloody huge else <laughs> uh, 55 millimeters high the wooden box is crafted in noble materials whatever that means precision mechanism made of a rotary cylinder and 30 pins shipped in a quality padded package with Shenmue's designed logo so that'd be interesting to see what the packaging looks like it's licensed by Sega and produced, published, and distributed by Way of Records. And if you want to talk about the price, there's a little bit of funkiness going on with the price, man. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's a lovely product. That's first and foremost. And there's a YouTube video just under the description, actually, if you want to hear what it sounds like, um, which sold me on it. Now, the pricing's weird, quite frankly. If you go onto the main website, and this is all sort of dependent on where you're based. So James and I are UK-based. So you go on the main website, wayrecords.com, and you can search them and it comes up. And it comes up as €274.80. We think, you know, which is quite expensive. Let, let's be honest, this is one of these sort of premium items, which is why they're limited. And clearly we're all suckers because me and James have both bought one. <laughs> but hey-ho, <laughs> yeah. Sega have got our number a little bit here. Anything Shenmue. <laughs> yeah, take, take that out of it for a second. Now, when you go to so through, sort of through the checkout process, it asks for your address, signing details, and the rest of it. And what it does is it will change the price depending on where you are. So in the UK, it drops down. So you pay around 260 euros all in with the shipping. 
but you may get stung for import tax. And it's probably a similar situation if you're in the United States, other parts of Europe or wherever you are, that the price will either go up or down depending on where you are and depending on the shipping. So just be aware of that when you're going to pay for it, that there may be import charges coming on the back of this for, for all we know, and the price may de- increase or decrease depending on the tax laws in your relative country. But that said, it is a very, very nice item. It's due to come out towards the autumn, I think, is what they're saying on the website, all being well. So I'd be very interested to see what it what it looks like, especially with the packaging. That, that's going to be interesting. That was a Shemi-branded packaging, what they're going to do with that. Yeah, totally. And just a, another little thing about the, the price in there. So if you if it's still showing as like at the moment it's shown as 313 euros 20 when i go to checkout and it's only when you press the please choose your payment method and you go as as though you're going to enter your payment details that it updates to 261 so just give that a go if it's if it's looking like it's really expensive just go as though you were going to go pay for it and hopefully it'll adjust the price but um like matt says there tax wise uh, we're not too sure what's going to happen for the UK, really. Maybe they don't, which is why the price is so unusual at the moment um, with the, the Brexit situation and import fees and stuff. Because I remember when I bought mine, it said total shipping tax included was, uh, well, actually, did it say? I, I wanted to say tax was, it said it was zero tax. It said zero tax on it. And then it gave, I think it was like a 36 euro um charge to ship it via dhl so i would assume hmm. that we will get charged vat when it comes into the country right okay hopefully we don't <laughs> but like we said there just be mindful that you may have to pay an additional possibly 60 euros if uh, they're they're trying to anticipate the charges in their price if that makes sense because now i'm actually signed in and i've got it in my cart if you go back to the the page where you go to add it to your cart, it's saying it's coming up as two hundred twenty nine euros. So just have a little play around if um, it's it's looking more expensive than um, it originally touted it as. Because I feel like when it first was announced and I went on the site, it it came up as two two nine. Because I don't ever remember it being a thing where it was high and then went low, but for some reason it now is showing low. So uh, just be careful and just. Um, just see what happens when you you go to check out there. Yeah, and I'd also put um, tweet um, Wayo Records on Twitter. They're quite responsive actually. So if you've got any questions around any of the import or or sort of payment processes or anything like that, give them a message. They're quite quite good at coming back. I've seen some fans already sort of speaking to them on, on Twitter, so it's worth worth a go. Yeah, and one final thing. Obviously, it says it's limited to two hundred and fifty units. I'm not sure if that means in total or there's additional ones that just don't come with the hand-signed score. Uh, it says collector's edition limited to 250 units, so whether there's like a non-collector's edition when these are sold out um, is remains to be seen. But if this is something that does pique your interest, takes your fancy, you know, Shemu stuff does tend to sell out. I, I'm not sure, maybe because of the high price point on this, it's going to take longer to sell out, so you might have a bit more time, but just... Again, just be mindful that this is something you you really want to get. Don't wait around, <laughs> kind of thing. Especially if you want that the hand signed score as well. But yeah, great to see more Shemu merch. When we recorded the podcast the other day, we only had the duck to talk about. So yeah, this is why we've we've kind of done a, a bit of a pickup and 
added this in here. So if this sounds a little bit unusual, maybe different sound quality or something, that's why. But anyway, get back to the, the remaining news in a moment. Uh, okay, moving on then. So uh, you can talk a, a little bit about this if you want, Matt. So Shenmue Dragon and Phoenix Devlog 3 animations. Yeah, so for those of you who have been following the Dragon and Phoenix project, uh, the sort of lead of the project lemon hayes pumped out a devlog um a few weeks back talking about uh how shemu's animations are actually put together and it talks about the initial research it talks about the implementation the differences in animation types foot planting fighting and everything else in between and it it's really informative i think what lemon's done here is put together a, a really good guide of how how this all works but in in layman's terms that anybody can understand it anybody can follow it and that's the real skill in itself actually that you can just pick it yeah, up and i read appreciated it. that actually because, that language <laughs> yeah because i can tell you what if you start throwing technical language at me you just get a blank stare so mm. <laughs> i was really really pleased to see it was it was done in in a, an accessible way for everybody and there's a little teaser at the end of, of the project which is which is fantastic and um that, that project seems to be moving on quite nicely. I'm desperate for a, for a proper trailer slash teaser, but I know Lemon's keeping things very close to his chest. And, you know, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a couple of little things he's he's given us over the, the past few months. It just makes me more excited for, for what's to come. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a, a project to keep an eye on. And uh, they've got a Twitter account, actually, if you want to keep up to date with some of the these devlogs and stuff. That I mean, you can, obviously, you can find them on the Shemu Dojo. We'll post about them. We'll, we'll make a news topic in the future. And there's also a dedicated forum on the forums. But uh, he has got a Twitter account, if you can remember what it is. I think it's at Shenmue C. Yeah, that sounds about right. What's the C stand for? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we should ask him, really. Brilliant. So next up, moving on, there's been a another update, actually. I think the last time we did an episode, we had an update. But I think that was just because, obviously, we do these podcasts six months apart spread apart so by the time we did the last episode episode four i think this the previous update had been out a few few weeks so i mean already feels you know like we're getting a couple of good up updates out fairly quickly here so there's a new super pass update if i didn't mention that so this is the nozomi's messages update which is basically as faithful as we could possibly be with you know the source material that's out there of the actual nozomi's messages that you had on the Dreamcast Passport. So uh, I know we had, if you've uh, a fan of Superpass and you've downloaded some of the previous versions, there was a, a little Nozomi character bottom right at the screen, which you tapped, and we did call that Nozomi's messages for quite a while. And that is where we had the current patch notes and details on the current update that you downloaded. It's kind of like a, a nice little message from Nozomi. That's what we were coining it. But now we've actually gone back and restored the actual Nozomi messages, which uh, if you're not aware... Basically, uh, as you're playing through Shenmue, say if you got stuck, I know Shenmue kind of holds your hand a bit, so I think it would be hard to get stuck, personally. Maybe on my first playthrough, maybe I got stuck. Thinking back, I might have got stuck in the basement. Uh, not the basement, but I mean the dojo, you know, with the figuring out the key and the under the scrolls. I feel like I might have got stuck there <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> um, so say if you did get stuck there and you went onto the passport disc, loaded it up, loaded your save, you're stuck, you don't know what to do. You go into the Nozomi messages section and she'll give you like a helpful hint to kind of push in the right direction. So what this update actually does, it, it restores 
all of the original clues that she had for you. That you know, there's there's like a list of Rio's goals actually that for Shenmue details your, your point of the game. And that's what your save file kind of had and what was read into the passport disk. So say if you were looking for sailors, that is a, a, a goal that Rio has. He's looking for sailors. That was read back into the passport disk as where you are in the game. And we've we've added a list of these goals that you can click on, the, the relevant clues that go with those goals. So, I mean, it's just interesting information. Uh, she's also got a list of extra information about NPCs, shops, locations in the world of Shemu that are also interesting to to read up on. That's the information side of things. So these these like two options in the Nozomi, Nozomi messages section, information and clue. I just think if you know all there is to about Shemu anyway, which I think we all do by now, um it's just extra little information there that's that's really interesting to to kind of see what they had uh, efficiently and originally back in those days on the on the passport disc. So if you are interested in this, we've got a few more extra pieces of music as well that we've added and um, actually we've rebuilt the, the urgent messages section as well. I don't know if you're familiar with the passport, Matt, but we tried to try to recreate it as best as we can anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've had a look at the update and I've delved into the passport and it's bloody brilliant, but then it's just maintaining the same standard of super pass as you know, top shelf, top drawer. Get it if you haven't got it already. Yeah, and you can get it. Right now, if you've got an Android phone, Google Play, just search for Superpass. iOS users, if you go onto superpass.com, click the download tab, and there's quite a good explanation actually doing it through TestFlight, Apple's own TestFlight application there, just a way of, of uh, downloading the app because we can't get it on the App Store, unfortunately. So that's just a, a way of doing it. It's very easy. And uh, yeah, if uh, that floats your boat a little bit, go check it out. Uh, next up, news article-wise... Another one of our own podcast episodes. It's your Shemu Dojo interview series, man, with uh, Ezra Crabbe. Yes, I mean, it's a little while since I did this one, but if you haven't picked it up already, I talked to Ezra about his sort of early days finding Shenmue, um, his travels that were inspired by Shenmue. And actually, Shenmue is basically his life. It's inspired his life to the point where he's been to China. He became a martial arts teacher and has now settled in Japan. Um so if you haven't listened to it already, um, get yourself across to that in, that interview because Ezra's um, fantastic to interview and he's got he's got some really good stories about his travels across China and his views on sort of Shenmue three and potentially Shenmue four as well. So go and get get yourselves a listen to it. And um, I've got a couple more interviews in the pipeline, but I won't say too much just yet. Exciting man, exciting stuff. Yeah, that Ezra one that was possibly my favourite one actually so far that you've done. It's just a nice chat. With an actual Shemu fan, you know, I know he works at IGN and he's met up with Yu Suzuki quite a lot and involved in his own little projects and stuff. And, you know, but as being a massive Shemu fan, just listening to him, you know, he's a really passionate Shemu fan. I just, um, it, 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 just, it was a great lesson, man. And, you know, talking about China, some of the stuff he's done, being a, becoming a martial arts teacher, even, you know, he's, he's followed in Rio's footsteps a little bit and, <laughs> You know, it's just it's fascinating to see to see that side of things uh, from an actual Shemu fan. That was a really good, great interview. That one, lovely. Thank you, man. Right, so we're just going to knock out the last couple of news things we've got. These are kind of Shemu Dojo website related. The first one, if you haven't noticed, if you've not been on the dojo for a while, at the top now on the main site we've got kind of like a translation bar. 
there's like a, a row of countries that you can just click between and it'll just change the, the language of the page you're on, on the dojo, enter that language. So obviously we've got Chinese, Dutch, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Portuguese, Russian, and Spanish, and obviously English, <laughs> um, which is the default, obviously, that you can read all of the, the pages on the dojo. You know, say if there's a, a news piece that's just come out, we've made a post on, click on the news piece and those languages will stay at the top of the page. You can click and it'll translate it into your own little language there. So, I mean, if you are listening to the podcast, I guess you can understand English, but well, especially our dodgy English accents. <laughs> <laughs> but if you would prefer to, to read the site in a different language, maybe, you know, maybe your your original language is one of these languages we've mentioned, or you've got a friend that previously hasn't been able to access the whole of the website. Now you can. And you can read it in your own native language, which is just a small feature, but I think it just adds to just adds to the website a little bit. And the other little piece of news in regards to the Dojo website is that we've now added the entire first issue of our own fan magazine, Shemu World. So you can access it via the Shemu World tab, the top right of the main site page. And it'll actually bring up the issue cover. So in the future, when we've got more issues out, you'll be able to click which issue you want to read. And then that'll load into a page with details about the issue, particular issue that you've chosen. And there's also a big image right at the top of the page that when you hover over it, it flips and it'll save you. So if you click that, it'll take you to an interactive version. So you can click and drag the pages, zoom in, you know, pretend you're reading an actual magazine. So if you did miss out on the Kickstarter or you know the physical edition, and uh, I did give out a PDF reward as well to the back backers, it's you know, like a high quality PDF, but this is a public free version. It's exactly the same content. It's just, uh, it's quite, it's quite a nice, nice way of reading it, actually, like an interactive thing. You can scroll the mouse wheel and zoom in uh, wherever your cursor is and you can view all 166 pages of issue one. So enjoy. And the final piece of news related to the dojo is that we've acquired the, the website specifically for teamu.net and shemu500k.net. So obviously, Shemu 500K, you know, it's a thriving community over on Facebook. They've got their own sort of community there and daily posts and stuff. And it's, it's actually a great place to actually go and... Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a sort of thriving Facebook community that, that posts you know, regular posts every day, various different questions and mm. new, new people find the series go over there. So it's, I mean, it the fact it's been running for, for so long and the Facebook group remains sort of active i'm quite active over there actually yeah um so you might see my name pop up from now and yeah now and again but if you do go and you know say hello yeah exactly it's it's kind of like an, another way of talking about shamu you've got the forums if you're 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 interested in, in talking shamu you can go over to the shamu dojo forums but this is just a, an, an extra way of interacting with fans and uh you know it's been a, a thriving community for, for 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 years now really the 500k has so literally, all we've done, we were offered these sites a few months back. So the actual tmu.net website, which we're going to, is, is kind of the topic of discussion today. We're going to go into that a little bit more for this particular episode. And the shemu500k.net website. So that just the websites, literally, uh, they were both uh, due for renewal. And we were contacted saying that, you know, they're not going to get renewed. Would we be interested in hosting them on our servers and keeping them alive kind of so that they don't fall into only being able to, to to view them on the Wayback Machine. That's what that's what we do. We we like to preserve Shemu content and some of these are integral to 
Shenmue 3 getting announced, basically, you know, team you with the thunderclap tweets that they did where, you know, you could attach your Twitter account to teamu.net and it would post on the third of every month because obviously when we were shouting for Shemu 3 it was the third of every month it's the fourth now for Shemu 4 but yeah back in the day teamu with the thunderclap thing i think that was pretty much an integral piece of the puzzle in getting Shemu 3 back same with the 500k group so i think it's great that the the dojo now owns these websites and as long as we're in charge man i, I think we're going to keep them both alive for, for all eternity, really. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, they're both pieces of Shenmue history, I and mean, it just feeds into our sort of philosophy of, of preservation. We, we, you look at the, the old forums are still there for everybody to read if they wanted to, and this this is just another example of that. At the end of the day, and as you say, as long as we're still, as long as we're owning the place and running the joint, then then they will stay under our umbrella so that everybody can see the history as it should be. So. Obviously, the the topic of conversation for this podcast is that the TeamU.net website has got an insane timeline that I believe James Hamill created for the TeamU campaign. Yep. So as part of this website and obviously the whole community push to see a third game, there was this rather extensive timeline written. And, you know, it's a fantastic history companion detailing major events from all, you know, all the way from June 1998 all the way to April 2018. And it's this timeline, it's going to be the basis of today's episode as we go through each of the entries on this particular timeline and reminisce about this period of time. So I'm looking forward to getting, you know, some of the memories going again from back in the day. And I do want to say that if you, yes, you, the listener, if you've got any particular fond memories yourself of any part of this timeline, we'd love to hear it. You know, if you're watching the YouTube version of this episode with the extra image and video footage context just reply in the comments below with your memories if you're a a podcast audio listener listening to this right now you know please drop us a message over on twitter Uh, we'd love to read them all we really really would it's just great seeing what everyone's experiences and history with the shemu series throughout these years but before we get into that we're going to have a short break now we're going to play the latest track from the kitchen brothers it's just literally just released actually the other day on joe kitchen's youtube channel it's another absolutely incredible video and song. It's called Shinbao Theme, whose character in Shemitu is actually a greengrocer. He's also the owner of Long Years Greengrocers that's found in the Green Market quarter of Yanchai. So obviously we all know that Shemu 1's characters off by art now with their detailed character bios that were found on the, the Shemu passport. Now accessible on Sikapas, of course, but Shemu 2's NPCs are a little bit lesser known, so it's you know it's great to see a character like this being highlighted actually. So check out the video. There'll be a, a link in the description somewhere of this this particular episode, show notes, whatever you like to call them, uh, or on YouTube, of course. But here is the track, Shin Bao's theme.
Welcome back. That was Shinbao theme from Shemu 2 uh, from the Kitchen Brothers. Really sounds like something straight from the games. It's great work again. We're really spoilt for fan music lately, actually, what man. We are massively. I mean, you think of the Kitchen Brothers, you think of Rio X, you think of Richard Cartledge, you just are just three that sort of slip off the, the tongue quite easily. And actually, about a year ago, in fact, I think Corey did a, a Zoom call with loads of other Shenmue-inspired um, musicians. So there's loads out there if, you, if you've got the time to, to scoot around. Yeah, totally. And Richard Cartledge in particular, he's, he's been pumping out a few more tracks recently, which are going to play later in the show. Like you mentioned, Rio X, Shenmue music's incredible. He's actually got a latest, it's kind of like a Shemu-inspired EP called Shire, which is totally worth checking out too. So, man, let's try and tackle this TeamU.net timeline. <laughs> See if we can provoke some memories and uh, perhaps, you know, certainly more youthful time in our lives anyway. Yeah, I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> I had more hair. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so we're looking at the teamu.net campaign timeline in front of us if you wanted to get this up yourself for context. So we're going to have a, a quick run through all of these individual points from the timeline over the years. I think it'll be a good memory-inducing situation because, like I say, it goes all the way back from 1998. So it's just going to be interesting to read through this, actually. I haven't actually read through the whole thing for a while. So immediately on the, the web page, you can see it's a campaign timeline. It's Shemu's Road to Revival. It's been a long one, so let's retrace our steps as best we can. And we've got a little comment from Jason Screer. Screer, would you say? Screer, I Shreer. Okay. He is a Kotaku news editor, and this is a quote from himself from July 2015. So it's only because of those crazy Shemuthans, the ones with weird Twitter handles and incessant pestering messages, that a third game is happening. If Shemuth fans weren't so outspoken, constantly bugging, Sony's Adam Boys on Twitter and reminding you Suzuki that yes, there are people still waiting to see the end of Ryo Hazuki's story. There's no way any of this would have actually occurred. Shemu would have just been another casualty of the Japanese game industry. Which again, I'd I'd agree with that if if it yeah. wasn't the the, comp, the campaign, this particular campaign, all the stuff the dojo was doing to push uh, and all the, the Shemu fans around the world, of course. I don't think we would have ever ever seen a third game, I think, because it had been so long, but the fan base had always been there. It was, I think it was famously the, the top of the Sony's list of demanded games or whatever. Building the list, wasn't Building it? Building the list, the yeah. So I think without that, I don't think we would have seen a third game. Yeah, definitely. And not. now we're in such a great position. We've got the third game. We've got a fourth game, hopefully, coming. And we know for sure that we've definitely got an anime adaptation coming. So it's really exciting time to be a Shemu fan amongst the other fan things that are going on. You know, it always seems like it's stuff to keep us busy, at least. So let's start with the very first entry on this timeline. Uh, I think like we did with the, the Kickstarter thing, if you want to, shall we do back and forth? Between yeah, 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 let's go back and forth. Each of the points. Sounds good. So I'll take the first one. So June 1998. A virtual fire RPG in secret development since 1994 by Yu Suzuki and Sega's AM2 division is confirmed to exist, now codenamed Project Berkeley. Development has shifted from the Saturn onto the Dreamcast with the virtual fire to characters and connection officially dropped. So, 
let's have a little discussion about this. I mean, I, I don't want to get into too much because we've got a, an awful lot to get through, but Virtual Fighter RPG is in secret development since 1994. So can you remember your first experience of seeing this sort of stuff? Were you already... I think I remember you saying that you'd already got like magazines, you'd, you'd seen screenshots of Shenmue. So that's... If this is in 1994, it's been developed, worked on this secret uh, project. I mean, personally, I'd probably be the same as you. I didn't know about Shenmue until it was being released for the Dreamcast. So we're talking 1998 at that yeah, point. Yeah, so, before my time with it, I think, mm, like, like you. Because obviously, the, I mean, that's the next thing, actually, we're going to send the list. But obviously, the there was a disc that came with Virtual Fighter 3 with Project Berkeley, which is what this Virtual Fighter RPG was uh, codenamed, I, I believe, right? Yeah. So if you remember, if you recall the GDC 2014, Yusuzuki was talking about these, this this period of time. He was actually called in, uh, was it the codename was something like the, the old man of the peach tree or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it was a demo, wasn't it, back in the day? Mm. So I wonder if that's what this is referring to, Virtual Fighter RPG Secret Development, uh, now, co- oh no, no, now codenamed Project Berkeley. So it was already codenamed Project Berkeley. So, I mean, what, what the, the Peach thing must have been even before this time. Then it was way, but I think it was a couple of years before this. I mean, I'd have to go and look, look into the the history books a bit more about it. But this, this is sort of the nineteen ninety eight was the first real sort of detail on this project. I mean. Sort of moving into November that year, the the Project Berkeley preview was came with the um, Japanese copies of Virtual Fighter Three, which revealed the actual name to be Shenmue, which I um, ironically didn't know until reading this just now. I'm a poor, poor Shenmue Dojo owner, it seems. <laughs> so yeah, so so I'm I'm guessing at the end of the the trailer or something, it popped up with Shenmue, did it? I yeah. can't recall it myself actually thinking about it. I I'm. I'm just, it's codenamed Project Berkeley, and that was that we know to be the Project Berkeley disc. Mm. I picked it. I picked it up for I think it was eight quid off of Amazon with Virtual Fighter Three, so I can't complain. Uh, I just just looked at the disc. Obviously, it's got the I think it's got the Phoenix Mirror design yeah. or the Dragon Mirror, one of the two. Um, but it does actually say Project Berkeley on the disc, so it must be within the trailer that they actually revealed the game's name. Hmm. Must be, yeah, it must be. I'd have to watch it again. It's, it's on YouTube. It'd be on our page mm. as well. Um, I'll have to watch it again. Did we... We got Virtual Fighter 3TB at launch, but we, we, we never got an actual bonus disc, so that's that was no. J- Japanese only. It was, yeah. Um, but, I mean, they, they could have done, really, because Shemu was still a year away. Uh, but I guess maybe the, the thought that, well, this is 1998, so when the Dreamcast... Actually, when the Dreamcast launched and the uk it was 2000 wasn't it yeah it was so was it wasn't it that was in the us though that was so i was just i was just october that year same year right okay so yeah. it did come out in 1999 okay so yeah that makes sense then so i think with it being a full year since then they probably didn't want to bundle in that project berkeley disc again <laughs> no it wouldn't have made sense and i do wonder how many people have bothered with it because i think it was quite a big deal, certainly in Japanese circles, Shenmue and Virtual Fighter was as well. So I don't know if, if it had sort of got out there. And I think ironic- that was their original market, actually, wasn't it? Japanese players. I think they, they really heavily marketed it towards Japanese people and then they, they kind of didn't know how to, to market it to, <laughs> to, 
to um, the, no, the West. I mean, it took, it took, it took off. It's, I mean, and actually, it goes into the next point from December 98 that the um, Japanese fans start interacting with the development team yeah. on the official Shenmue BBS, suggesting ideas that would go on to be implemented into the game. Now, that that's almost like social media now in, the, in that respect, that mm. people, sort of feedback's going into it. So that's quite cool. Yeah, that's so. That was kind of like a blog site, wasn't it? Where yeah. They, I think, the official Shemu. It was an official Shemu uh, website. I'm not sure if someone involved with the game made the posts and then people replied, or a fan made a post. You know, I'm trying to think of like the forums where a fan makes a topic and then it's causes a discussion. Uh, I'm not sure. It's obviously it says interacting with the development team. I do recall one of the the people involved obviously from the development team, was Asamu Murata. Uh, he's involved with the music compositions. You know, if you've picked up those data disc soundtracks, along with Ryuji Ichi, he's, he's one of the other composers, uh, Asamu Murata. And uh, I think it was him that was under the a different name called something like Guppy. I, I feel I've, I've got Guppy in my head. Rings a bell. Someone, Rings a bell from somewhere. Yeah, someone, someone else might know that or not and these i think it was the guy actually that's you know when you look at the the passport models and in the the eyes the the irises or whatever mm. is a, a reflection of a picture i think that's what they used in the eyes on the, those models character models and if you actually look what the the texture is it's it's a, a japanese guy with a, a donald duck <laughs> plushie do you, know, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do. I've seen, I've yeah. seen I think that is the day. guy. I think it's a Samu Murata that's actually holding that Donald Duck thing. So um, he's. I know he's He's one of the, the people that Japanese fans are interacting with back in the day. And, and he's, he's still interacting with fans now. I just noticed on one of the uh, the, the most recent Richard Cartledge videos, he's actually replied to, to Richard saying, because obviously Richard remakes some of the original Shemi songs, he says, great trap makeup. I'm embarrassed because he even reproduced my reproduced my mistake with a perfect copy. <laughs> so I, I didn't even know there was a mistake in that song. This the song's memories of distant days. But obviously Osamu picked up on even the uh, in remaking the, this particular mistake from that song, which is, is quite funny to see. So moving on, June nineteen ninety nine. So what's that? That's like a full six month time yeah. jump. We've got a playable Watch Shenmue demo that was supplied free with new Dreamcast consoles in Japan. So that's interesting, actually. So the Dreamcast had already been out the tail end of 1998 in Japan. So this is kind of like it's been added to some of the the, the newer models of the consoles. Uh, a Watch Shenmue demo, which we've all played, I, I hope, by now. And you can actually download a, a fan-translated version of that if you haven't already. If you want to experience that on demol or null dc or something like that or just on say if you've got one of those dreamcasts that can play cd eyes maybe what what you might know more than this matt i think actually think i think you need to or gdmu that kind of G, thing it will definitely work on gdmu i think if you can you can burn it on a cdi format or gdi format but you obviously need the um you might might need code breaker rules to make it work um but i'm not a, i'm yeah. not an expert on these sorts of things yeah code breaker or action replay or something or even even to play like a an import if you mm. watch shamu's ridiculously cheap it's like i think you can pick it up for like 
between four and fifteen quid, really. If if you don't own that disc, it's it's worth picking it up, and it's actually quite a fun demo. It's it's a little bit of Dubita, but Rio chases the Sega president at yeah, the time. He's, he's hunting him down, Mister Yukawa. So yeah, it's a, a fun little get, uh, demo. There's also the Famitsu version that was released with. I'm guessing it was bundled with the Famitsu magazine or he sent been. off for it or something. Yeah, must have been. So that that could have been around that same sort of time. Maybe for people that had already owned a Dreamcast, it was a way of getting the demo as well. I'm fairly sure that it also, is, as a gesture of goodwill, they gave it to people who pre-ordered Shenmue. Yeah, that sounds familiar, actually. delayed. Yeah, yeah. So, that, yes, there must be, at one point, there must have been quite a few copies of it out there, which is probably why it's so cheap even now. Yeah, there's loads of copies, but, yeah, I, I don't really know what the deal was where you, you, could, you went to pick that up. You know I what mean, I mean? I, I don't just, know. Because obviously we don't really have... Back in those days, I think Amazon was a new kind of thing. So, you know, pre-ordering something online and then they thought, well, just send it to <laughs> send it to the addresses. They must have had to go in person somewhere to pick these demos up, possibly. I don't have, know. Yeah, I would have thought they would have done, to be fair. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So we sort of then sort of leads on six months later. I'm going to group these sorts of what these ones together because yep, um, they're all quite self-explanatory, actually. Um, December 1999, obviously, um, Shenmue look, gets its launch, delayed launch in Japan um, mm-hmm. and to, to critical acclaim as well, which is fantastic. Um, so it was originally meant to come out in June. Then. It was, which is why what Shenmue was, was given out, which is fan- yeah, sort of got people in, interested in the game. And it's a good gesture of goodwill, actually, as well. Um, then you sort of move on to almost a full year, so 11 months on uh, November 2000, Shenmue launches in North America, again, with full English translation. And if you haven't caught my interview with Mike Reinhardt, he was a beta tester, lead beta tester for that project over at Sega in America at the time. So catch that one if you want to sort of know a little bit around that. Crazy that it, it took almost like a full year. Yeah. From... So literally when it released... They probably hadn't done any translation work at that point when it released in Japan. So that 11-month period was working on the translation and the, the voiceover. Crazy, you think? it's crazy. And um, my understanding is they had done some translation work, but not a huge amount. So Corey had to do pickups and things like that based on the translations that the, the base team at Sega America were, were sending over at the time. So it's... And they were rushing, I know, because that's what Mike said yeah. last couple of weeks before. They were still working on the passport or something. Yeah, they hadn't even got the passport so... online. They didn't even know about it. So... <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Um, another footnote, actually, in November 2000, uh, Rio's Place launches, which later becomes Shenmue Dojo. And we, uh, as I'm sure people saw, we celebrated 20 years last in last November. Nuts. So that's yeah. blooming crazy. If you didn't know, yeah, that we started out as Rio's Place from... You know, Shemu fan Andy Bandos. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, you actually did a nice little interview with. Yeah, he did. He did a written, written, interview. written interview with me, and he's yeah, he still he still drops in from time to time, which is nice nice to see. Nice to see. Yeah. And then, so the final bit of this little group is uh, December two thousand. Uh, Shenmue finally launches in Europe and the UK, and mm-hmm. that's obviously where um, we both got our. Grubby, yeah, the rest grubby is history. and the rest is history, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all quite self-explanatory, those 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 bits. I mean, I, yeah. there was a lot of fanfare towards Shenmue, especially in the UK. There's a lot of magazines covering it, reviewed really, really well. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I just uh, the hype train was in full swing, I think. Yeah, totally. And, and the good thing 
in regards to that is, which we'll get to in a, in a brief moment, but there wasn't too much time between Shemi 1 and Shemi 2. Where obviously, the Japanese fans had to wait like three years, really, didn't they, from if they picked up... Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, two years, obviously, uh, 1999 to 2001. Still still a short amount of time, really, yeah, if you think about how, how long it is between sequels these days yeah, for certain franchises. Um, but then that is because they were worked on in tandem, I suppose. Um, they'd already done the majority of Shenmue 2 uh, alongside the work that they'd done on Shenmue 1 as well, which you know is interesting in itself, really. January 2001, Shenmue the movie is released in selected theatres in Japan, enabling audiences to catch up on the story of the first game through a collection of cutscene and gameplay footage ahead of the sequel's release later in that year. So that's... that's um, I'm not actually sure how many theatres showed it, if it was like proper, you know, Odeon-level sort of um, viewings, or it was just more like a little little bit of a fan meet-up kind of thing. I don't know, but I mean, I think the idea was a good good one. I think it was a good idea. I've got actually a, a, a booklet that was from that, that event. It's like a, uh, you know how you go to the theatre and you get like a... Yeah, yeah. Like uh, a what are those things called? Like program a programme of what's going on. Programme, yeah, yeah basically. Uh, they, they they did some of these programs for people that attended the theatres, so that's a pretty interesting uh, look. At, you know, show me the movie back then. Obviously, they just used cutscenes from the game to build this movie, but they did actually redo a lot of the sound effects and remastered, or at least had the the original quality voiceover work before it was compressed. So it's worth a watch. It's not the greatest retelling of Shemu. And there's still sections where it's like some player actually playing the game, which is you know, it's a little bit, a little bit odd. I don't think he was the best fighter <laughs> in the in the battle moments. He does some cool moves, but I, I do remember he keeps using the same move as well. Yeah, um, oh, I don't know. Interesting. Post is really good actually for that one. Post is cool. I like yeah. the post. Yeah, it's really really cool. And later on, I don't know, is this still January? Yeah, it's still January. So, yeah, okay. So Sega announces that the Dreamcast is going to be discontinued from the end of March. Man. Which, you know, killed killed a lot of... I I, I think I might have even cried when I, I read the announcement that Sega was sort of stopping console production and, you know, ceasing Dreamcast because it, it's, it's weird because as a kid, it still felt like the Dreamcast had been out for a while. You know, you're talking March or January even, of 2001, and the Dreamcast released at the end of 1999. Yes. You know, it's it's a year and a half. It did feel like it had a decent run. I know console lifespans these days are like five, six, maybe even more. But for the Dreamcast, it, it, it was short-lived, of course, but I think being a kid helped that it felt like it was around a little bit longer than maybe Yeah, it, 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 did, it did actually. It was around for rather. It, but yeah, that was a sad time, wasn't Bloody it? Bloody stung, and it still stings now. Actually, I remember, I remember reading it in, I think it was in a Dreamcast magazine, actually, and I was, I just sat there for. I remember sitting there, thinking, oh, great, because yeah, you got all the both of us are Sega nuts, aren't we? We grew up yeah. with Sega, so to, I know for a line to be drawn under that was was, was um, yeah, it's it's still a bit crap now. <laughs> it's a shame. I mean, I remember around the playground at high school i used to try and like i I was basically selling dreamcasts to people like saying like oh these games are amazing everyone was really into playstation playstation 2 you know they're saying like oh this game's better than you know your games then i was saying like well 
you know, Shamu, look at this kind of thing. And I think you, you even sold on Shamu from school, you know, yeah. there's that kind of mentality, like you wanted Sega to do well, you wanted the Dreamcast to do well. Um, it was probably like a, a ratio of, I mean, I don't know what it was like at your school, but I'd say there was only like t- three or four other people I knew actually that had a Dreamcast and maybe I, I convinced two of them was, <laughs> to get one. I think there was three in my year group at school that I, that I remember who had a Dreamcast. And it's it's, it's ironic actually, because it had one of the most successful launches of all time at the time. It went, it launched really well in America and didn't do too badly in Europe, but I think just a series of mistakes. Cracking price point. Yeah. You couldn't argue for it from an accessibility standpoint. I just think they got they got shafted by oh bad decisions previously, leaking money. Yeah. I think the lack of a DVD player didn't help, and I also think Sony's marketing machine was in overdrive and it just crushed it. Even though some of Sony's promises at the time weren't exactly great, yeah, weren't fulfilled potentially, and also their launch titles weren't particularly great, but. Hey ho! It was the DVD drive on it. It yeah. killed it because that was that was the new thing. That was the end thing at the time. DVDs killing VHSs, and everyone wanted movies on, you know. And it's all built in one kind of thing. I know Sega tried to market DVD players with the Dreamcast, didn't really take off as well as having one piece of kit that included everything. And mm. it is a shame. It is a shame that the, the Dreamcast wasn't successful it was like the first console i was so excited picking up on launch i was wetting myself at school it was you know i was that excited to go to game at the end of the day and uh, go get my pre-order launch dreamcast with like five games and vmu and controller you know it was it was honestly the the only console launch i've been like you know when you were a kid and you you can't sleep because of christmas the next morning it was that feeling but for the Dreamcast, you know, it was the, the first console I'd actually been that dying to, to, to get my hands on. Damn good console. Damn good console. And I think it finally gets the respect it, the, that it deserves now, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. So, yeah, on that disappointing note, I'll group, I'm going to group these ones together because there's a little bit, sort of, it sort of ties into one of the... One of the so, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. So even though they announced the Dreamcast discontinued from the end of March, obviously it still, it still received game launches yeah, after that. Yeah, it did quite a lot. I mean, you had Crazy Taxi 2, you had some other... I think Daytona came out on it, um, and some various other titles. And I mean, September 2001 that year, Shenmue 2 launched in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. And then... We got lucky in Europe that Shenmue 2 launched in Europe um, with Japanese uh, voiceover but English subtitles, um, which was a bit of a culture shock, I must admit, at the time. That was November. Yeah, yeah. November that year, 2001. And then um, another sort of footnote here is that the fan site Shenmue Master launched in 2001. Bloody hell, that's 20 years old this year. Man, wonder if they know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do something to mark it because it's yeah, it's a big mm-hmm. milestone, big big milestone. It is a big milestone, and then we, we really did, did wonders with our twentieth. I think it kind of came at the right sort of time. We just taken over, and we wanted to to get a few things done to kind of mark our you know uh, be, becoming dojo co-owners. Um, I did the magazine, you did your interview series, and um, amongst loads of other stuff at the time, I think the the twentieth anniversary for the dojo was a 
good celebration, really. And I'd love to see Shemi Master do a similar thing. It deserves it. It deserves it. It really does. I mean, it's been a staple of the community for years. So I'd love to see them do something. And hope I don't know what they what they've got working in the wings, and we'll just have to wait and see. Um, ironically, in November two thousand and one, Shenmue two was cancelled in North America. Um, because they signed an exclusivity deal with Microsoft to bring it to Xbox a year later. So, reading that then, can you cast your memory back? Was it actually planned? Were they saying like it was coming out for the Dreamcast in all three regions? Because if in November we got it, if in September Japan got it, it was November when it was cancelled? Or, or Yeah, I, I miss, from this it was. I mean, I'd, I'd have to go back into sort of some archives of media and have a look around and see whether it was or whether it was just before. But I do remember it happening. And speaking to Mike Reinhardt in my interview, he was saying that this was being discussed at Sega for months before they actually pulled the trigger on something like this. Hmm. So... I think I don't I don't know if it was a last minute decision or not, but it it certainly annoyed a lot of people. I mean, Peter Moore gets a lot of bad press for it. I mean, there's a quote here that he he said he was told at airport security, "I don't need to see your passport. You're the asshole who gave Shenmue to Xbox." <laughs> <laughs> and he and do you know what? He laughs about it now. To be fair in interviews, but yeah, it was quite a controversial decision, and it resulted in at the time i don't know what's happened since then but at the time shenmue 2 was the most important game into north america because people wanted it on bloody dreamcast yeah i mean so his intentions there were he was because i'm just reading that other quote he says any difficult choices that are made during this transition time are based on one bottom line ensuring the longevity of beloved sega franchise included shenmue so he was thinking that by bringing it to the xbox holding it there he was going to kind of secure the future of Shenmue in a way. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it was done with any sort of malice to, to screw people over in America, and especially with Microsoft obviously being American, it, it made sense. But they launched it the following in October two thousand and two. We launched in North America with a copy of the the Shenmue movie included on the DVD, and I don't know the people. Most of the people had bought it because it been imported so i think sales suffered for uh, massively for it i also personally think that they probably should have redone the first game for it as well and maybe sold them together nice. yeah kind of like what we got for the ps4 yeah. with the you know the re-releases yeah because i just I, I don't know i just think that with the best of intentions towards it i think they didn't gauge the level of demand for shenmue on the dreamcast and mm they didn't gauge or account for the fact that everybody was going to import it and they did and it certainly hurt the xbox version i suppose the only thing with games at the, the, those sort of times were the there wasn't a lot of like really re-releases and those sort of things so i mean their their easy cop out there was just bundling the, the movie on a disc you know mm. didn't have to do any extra work and i mean show me two on on, on xbox both in in north america and, and later on in in europe when it released um, it, yeah, it had Corey Marshall back, and it's not to say it didn't have some positives to it. I just think it was um, a bit of a hiding to nothing, but that's probably an episode in itself. I mean, I, obviously, when I first picked up the well, the PAL version for the Dreamcast, and you know, you faced with Japanese voices after you'd been listening to the English voice actors for so long, it was a bit of a hard to get into for for myself. Uh, 
and I was looking for this, essentially looking for the settings, trying to think like, what, why can't I change to English? You know, I didn't know at the time that mm. they, they hadn't actually done it for this because such a, after the, the Dreamcast was done kind of thing, it was like a late, late kind of release, uh, last minute, good deed, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and the Xbox, I, I, I did appreciate having the English cast back. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one of the people that prefer the English cast, bizarrely. I mean, I've not really given the Japanese cast too much of a go, it's just because... That was why I, I I started with the the English voiceover, Corey Marshall, Eric Kelso, those sort of people. So I I, I loved on the Xbox and obviously got the snapshot feature, slight in, well graphical improvements as well. You could say, yeah. although uh, I, I wasn't too keen on the bloom effect and that bleary, you know, the bleary thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> too I know. much bloom. I, yeah, luckily they corrected that actually for the for the re-releases. Yeah. yeah. In 2018, so you know. It, it... Yeah, it, it was one of those things. I th- I can see why they did it. I understand why they did it. I just think it was probably a little bit misguided. Looking back, but hindsight's a wonderful thing in, in all due respect, isn't it? I'm going to group these li- little next ones together because I think to August 2005, when we get to it, it's a juicy one. Okay. So post-2002, you had sort of fans mod- you know, diving into the code, making fan games, music, all the rest of it. And, and showing videos of, of modifications they've made to the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, February 2003, Yuzuzuki was inducted into the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame at the DICE Summit. So just to sort of make a point to potentially new listeners who or people haven't come across Yuzuzuki before, this man was a pioneer in the games industry. So this is you know, part of the reason he's so revered, certainly by developers in the industry for, the, for things like Virtual Fighter, Virtual Racing and everything else. And that, again... Is, is probably something we can talk about separately. March 2003, is the Xbox version of Shenmue 2 launched in Europe. I actually got a copy. Um, yeah, me too. We had an Xbox, um, so I got myself a copy. It was weird playing it on one disc, actually, because you could, uh, obviously, having played it originally, you can, you know where the disc breaks are, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You see, I still kind of refer to, like, sections of the original Shenmue and stuff by disc, you know. If, if someone do, says, yeah. what, you know, what, when does this happen? You, you kind of think, like, well, disc two. <laughs> yeah, you know what I, mean? yeah I, I, I do. It's just an, it's an automatic thing, yeah. isn't it? And like the Guilin section you you always think of as disc four, don't you? It's... Yeah. <laughs> and then October 2003, I'm just looking at the timeline. It looks like this is the first Shenmue uh, convention um, okay. organised ever. And uh, it was in Japan by some fans. It had activities such as cosplay, quiz, and a, and a darts tournament. So, yeah. That's cool. I will say, actually, that obviously with this timeline, everything that we're mentioning here has got links to the actual source. So just that particular one there, Shenmue convention, the word convention's a link. And if you open it, let's open it in a new tab. Oh, okay. As we're looking, the the Wayback Machines has temporary offline, so that's going from a Wayback Wayback Machine mm-hmm. uh, link. But you know, some of these other things like the the fan games, music, and stuff that you mentioned in that previous, you know, everything's got a link to it, which is another one of the um, the reasons why I think you should go and have a look at this TMU.net timeline if you haven't already, because not only is it like a memory lane thing provoking memories you can actually see all of the the different things that are referenced here and it's 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 really cool yeah it's really really good really well it's well worth doing so we're going to take a little breather now i'm going to play a piece of music from richard cartledge this song in particular is called daily agony it's a remake of the classic from shemu one soundtrack enjoy
Okay, welcome back. That was Richard Cartledge, Daily Agony from Show Me One. She remade that to perfection. Really great version of the song there. So August 2005. So a report quoting anonymous sources excites and then ultimately disappoints fans with claims that Shemu 3 has been close to completion for some time, awaiting the right deal to be struck. And that was Kitsu. Kitsio's oh, is that Adam the one, Dory is it? job. Yeah, it is. I just pulled it up on the... It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that oh. was a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder what actual information he had, because obviously he's a, he's a trusted character. You know, it's not didn't, didn't seem like he was just making it up. Like you know, some of the some of these recent E three leaks we've had recently from like you know someone just trying to cause a bit of a bloody fuss over nothing. But this actually seemed like it had a bit of merit because of the guy that was actually announcing this kind of claim, really. Yeah, and. I'm looking at the, the forum posts as we're talking about this. And I mean, Land DC posted it originally. And Adam was, Adam Dory's quote is a, quoted as a reliable source in the games industry at the time. So I mean, while it ultimately disappointed in terms of uh, whether plans changed or, or whatever, we don't know. But I think, and this is just me surmising, I do think there was an element of truth behind it, especially when I think if you speak to Nathan. Nathan Gargas, he 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 has a screenshot of Sega Europe's website from I think it's two thousand and one slash two, where Shenmue Three's got an announcement on it. Interesting. I don't believe I've seen that, or if I ever forgotten, that'd be interesting to see. I, I'm just interested to see, and I I Adam's a nice bloke. I've sold him some Shenmue gear over the years and bought bits off of him. I'm sure you have, haven't you, James? Well, he's he backed, uh, the, magazine. backed the magazine, yeah. So yeah. And I've, I've had a little chat with him and, you know, he's still a big Shenmue fan. A big, big Shenmue fan. And, in fact, I think he's a journalist for a, a website, isn't he? Like he a... Yeah, he's still in the business, I think. Um, I'd love to speak to him. I really would. It... That'd be a good one. Good uh, little interview and maybe you can sneak a couple of little <laughs> bits out of him about this yeah. particular claim. See think... what he, he thought he knew at the time, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he gets a bit of a reputation, actually, for, for the article. And I know he came out and said at the time he believed everything to be true. And yeah. so... Definitely some merit in that, I believe. Yeah, I think there was some merit in it and what happened behind the scenes, we, we just don't know. But it it's... I, I I would love to speak to Adam and get him get him on the on the interview series or written or whatever because I'd really like to know. How, he may not be able to say very much because he he still works in the industry, so he might get um, shot. But it's certainly something that would pique an interest. I wonder how long these NDAs last for. Forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I imagine. I imagine there's probably some unwritten rule as well that you don't talk about these sorts of things. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, the thing is now, Shemu 3 has actually been released. So, what is this, there to hide in a way? This is 16 years ago, for goodness yeah. sake. So, Sorry. yeah. Yeah, that was a doozy. I remember that causing a stir. I remember reading it on the forums thinking, yes, come on, yes. And then it never happened. And mm-hmm. they were all quietly. We have a lot of those over this timeline where it's like, you know, Shemu 3, Shemu 3's coming back kind of thing. And it doesn't actually, actually happen. But we'll get to those ones. This timeline doesn't have the Shenmue Online announcement in it. Oh, okay. So we that that obviously happened sometime in 2006. Yeah, you're right, yeah, because I remember that from covering it on the Shenmue just, magazine, yeah. Just to add that in there. So yeah, that happened, and that was another thing where we thought, is it going to be Shenmue 3, and it was Shenmue Online, and you know, fans were kind of a bit disappointed. You know, they're still excited because it's new Shenmue, but 
we all still wanted Shenmue 3, you know, even back then. So it was like, this isn't kind of what the fans want, but we're happy to support it because an online thing back then, they were kind of a big thing, I think, was World of Warcraft already out then? You know, these these games and stuff like that that were like generating a massive income. And I think Shemu's Yu Suzuki thought that maybe he could do the same with Shemu and use that income then to to work on the third game. And it even tried it with the little mobile phone series, didn't he? The, the Shemu City, Shemu yeah. Guy, uh, which actually I think it was released in Japan. We've got very little information on it, though, if it was. And again, that was like another... I think it was just a little bit too early. We've, I, we, I believe we've we've spoken about this before anyway, yeah, but yeah. it's just a little bit too early, probably a little bit too early, but the online thing, maybe if it had waited a couple of years, it could have been a success and generated the income. But, you know, ultimately, we are where we are and we've got Shimmy 3 now. So it is what it is, I suppose. So November 2006, moving on from that, BBC gaming show Video Gaiden launches a Shenmue 3 appeal, urging fans in some way to display their support for a sequel. So I don't actually, I'm not familiar with this video Gaiden or Gaiden uh, show, but I, I did, I, I looked into it a little bit because Peter mentioned it in his history report. There's actually a YouTube link Peter had that showed a, the segment from the episode. And uh, I, I believe it was just like a, you know, no longer than a minute per episode of fans displaying support and they had like some sort of like um you know like one of those goal kind of uh like a meter kind of thing and it yeah. was building up over time every time they, they check back in on the meter to see where the <laughs> i don't know where the support was but it didn't seem like it actually did anything no i mean i thought it appreciate the effort to be fair especially mm. the bbc yeah. getting behind nice it. to see people mentioning shemu you know in any particular thing <laughs> we um we jump years a little bit now because obviously we're sort of getting into the time period where things would get start to get a bit sparse i suppose so we go from november 2006 to july 2007 where it's surmised that sega has quietly cancelled shenmue online uh, due to sort of various issues around developers and everything and all sorts of bits and pieces going in between and um the preview footage from the game is actually repurposed by ali novin who who's the shenmue ambassador that that's on social media at the moment okay interesting. Um, didn't realize that was his and um trailer. yeah he made it into a fan trailer for shenmue 3 got over a million hits on youtube when it was re-uploaded so I think some people thought it was real. To be fair to them, so that is the oh yes, that that's that's that awesome yeah, footage, the CG like footage, real of, damn you know. good trailer. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I know Shemu Online wouldn't have looked like any of this in the trailer, but what we were getting from this CG trailer—is it spoilers for the future of the series? No, no one knows really. There's this crazy stuff going on in that trailer. Yeah, that was that was interesting, and then. Um, we're jumping into June 2008, so again, about a year on. Uh, Sega state that Shenmue 3 is definitely one of the most requested fanboy games, but has no plans to release it. Fanboy games, okay. So... Yeah, cheeky buggers. <laughs> <laughs> cheeky buggers. And then you've got the Shenmue MySpace campaign. I do remember this actually launched as a project asking for fans to create a display posters requesting Shenmue 3 so that photos will be sent to Sega. I do believe those those photos actually made it to Sega. Right. God, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? MySpace. Yeah, bloody. I had a MySpace page as well. Did you? Yeah. And my, when I was gigging in bands, we used to have a MySpace page back in the day. Yeah. Well, it feels like it's that was more like centered around musicians and stuff. It was. So it was. It was very good. Interesting. A, a Shemu version. Shemu MySpace. Uh, and then after that, August 
2008, we got a petition for Shenmue 3, which approaches 55,000 signatures, eventually going on to reach over 66,000 before the hosting website is actually closed down. So 66,000, I mean... That's the Kickstarter number. <laughs> yeah, basically, isn't it? So I wonder... Exactly the same people. The people, Possibly. <laughs> the same, saw, same people who I, clicked on the petition. I signed it. I remember signing it. Yeah, I reckon I would have done it as well back in the day. I think everyone would have. So, is that an accurate figure then? Really, if can, can petitions actually be used accurately <laughs> to gauge <laughs> the the demand for something? Sixty six thousand fans. Yeah, funny. And then you've got. I remember this one. November two thousand and eight, mass mailing organised by the Shenmue MySpace campaign sees fans mm. sending letters and toy capsules <laughs> to Sega headquarters in Japan, urging a Shenmue three release. And do you know what? In terms of novel ideas, this was bloody brilliant, wasn't it? Come yeah. on, really, really Crazy. good. I loved it. And uh, they're just empty, empty toy capsules. Yeah, I know that the picture below that's got empty toy capsule. <laughs> great uh, plastic coating things it's it's a fun way of you know just turning up to work that morning and these a shit ton of <laughs> toy capsules on the they, doorstep there was a lot of them yeah. as well i don't I, remember, I remember seeing a picture or something yeah man that was crazy remember that so march 2009 shemu myspace campaign so it looks like this myspace campaign was like the 500k Team U kind of Ooh. campaign of, of those days. Busy as heck, wasn't it? I, do you know yeah, what? Reading, it looks like it. Reading this back, I don't. I just. I didn't realize how busy they were. Actually, fair play, fair play to you. They really did a good push towards trying to, you know, rekindle the series. And this is 2009, so I mean, it's been eight years, seven years, seven or eight years. So I mean, it's still a long time. Um, so they launched a Shemu in Blossom project, inviting fans to plant cherry blossom trees in honor of Shemu on their own country's holiday. Some great ideas, really, for like you know trying to hit a headline or something that's like you know Shemu fans are going for this game and they've all planted a cherry blossom tree in honor. Do you know what I mean? It's these good headline material there, really, to spark interest in the series again. Yeah, there is. I'm just I'm being a bit naughty. I'm I'm having a look at MySpace and. Is it still live, MySpace? Uh, MySpace still exists, but I don't quite know. I have to go on Wayback Machine and have a proper look at it um, and see who who put this page together. But yeah, I, I do believe they had a bit of a. They tried to re rebrand MySpace, didn't they, a, a few years back? So it might have like wiped a lot of the old stuff. It still exists, but yeah, it's it's. Um, they were certainly very very busy back in the day, it seems. And then we have a sort of a nine month jump to January twenty ten. The Shenmue fans page uh, tries to blanket spamming approach, promoting a blitz of Facebook groups and Sega's official pages with the pleas for the company to continue the series. Okay, so what what was the the Shenmue fans page then? I don't know. I don't remember it. Um, Shenmue fans. Okay, if you look at the because on the right side of this timeline, there's like a list of fan sites, which is really interesting, and and when these fan sites were actually uh, first released. And for 2008, sort of next to where you're reading them, and there is one for Shemu fans, so it looked like it was a a website. Oh, it's it's a Facebook group. It's a Facebook group, and it still exists. Ah. 20,000 people follow this. That's quite a... That's pretty good, actually. Oh, and there's still... Notice, scroll down a little bit. There's something about the Shemu anime, so it's... Yeah, it's fairly fairly current. Cool, nice one. Cool. Very good. I didn't even realise it was still running that well. Yeah, I didn't touch them on. Hmm. That sounds really arrogant of me. Apologies. Uh, yeah, well, same here, but I, I just kind of 
you know, you, you, you kind of go where you go, don't you? Yeah. I know you, you're on the 500K. I don't even go on the 500K Facebook group, and it's not because I don't want to. It's just, you know, I'm on the forums. I'm on Twitter most of the time. It's You kind of pick your poison, don't you? But... Mm, you do a bit. And then January 2010, again, Sega tells Famitsu that it's re- uh, that Resurrection Shenmue 3 is doubtful, but they'd like to make it someone else pays for it. Ironic. Okay. <laughs> The, the speech of Sega back in these days is a bit out of character, isn't it? I just think we were probably getting on their nerves a little bit. But who, do you know who what? Who would they even assume would pay for Shemu? Well, I don't know. It's not like it is now, is it, where you've got these teams kind of taking on old licenses and old games and Sega open to it. This is like 2010 where it's unheard of, really. So it was an article. They've got a link to Destructoid here. Hmm. And they're just, it's very brief, I will say that. And they basically said that they'd, they'd happily do it if they, they'd, they'd trade it for exclusivity, basically. Uh, so if anybody... It's one of those, I bet it's just like a, a quote, some guy representative of Sega has just said, you know, yeah, on, on the spot, he's probably said, you know, we were all getting a lot of people requesting it, but, you know, it's too expensive. <laughs> and then he probably made a joke, you know, we'd, we'd do it if someone else paid for it. And then that's that's the headline. Then it's <laughs> joke turns into the this clickbait headline thing. That's probably more likely what it was. Yeah. So February 2010. Now moving on a little bit into the well, we've already kicked into the 2010s. Sumo Digital includes Shenmue protagonist Ryo Hazuki as a playable character in Sonic and All Stars Racing, and says it would love to work on Shenmue 3 if Sega was to ask. So that, you know that's interesting. That that is the the in there. That is like what people, you know, companies are doing yeah. these days. You know, say with Street to Rage, Dot Emu, or whatever. You know, these companies that are involved with um, bringing back was it Dot Emu? Yeah, yeah, it was Dot Emu. He did Streets of Rage. Yes, Lizard Cube. Yeah, uh, Monster World, um, mm. Wonder Boy, whatever. And Alex Kidd Alex is the most Kidd. recent one. Yeah. So I mean, back in those days, we didn't really get those kind of things, or else maybe Sumo Digital could have taken on the Shemu series. I guess I don't know. He said he wanted to do it. Mm. Is it Steve Lysett was the, the man at Possibly. Sumo? I, I, I have to... Let me pull the art. He probably would have a bloody good job of it, to be honest, as well, because Sumo Digital Games back then were high quality, weren't they, you know? Yeah, Steve Lysett. I knew I mm. had that name in my head. And, yeah, I remember that. And it was quite a bit... Um, I don't know if it was... It wasn't this one, because they they, they, did, they put Rio in a later game. It's probably on the timeline, but they have the Shen 3 bloody name. Yeah, Cheeky they? wanted that, yeah. Cheeky buggers. <laughs> that and... was the Transformed, and that was a DLC as yeah, well. Yeah, that yeah, was, it was PC it? DLC or something, yeah. Oh, that was a big one. I'm going to go sort of group these two together again. So November 2010 is Sega repeats it has no plans for the Shenmue franchise. Okay. Okay. And then December 2010, uh, Yuzuzuki's new studio, WiseNet, launches Shenmue City, a social game for Japanese mobile market, hoping its success will eventually allow him to provide the remainder of the Shenmue story that fans have requested. The game was, however, closed down after a year with planned browser versions for PCs cancelled. I just don't think it caught on. It was it was too too early, wasn't it? You've got to think mm. of mobile phones back then. You. you... I don't even know what what I had back in 2010. Was it like a Sony Ericsson? You know, it, yeah, it wouldn't have been like a very that. enjoyable. It wouldn't have been a Shemu fulfilling feeling anyway. No, dot Jav or whatever they were. I would. I will say this: if anybody's ever played it, who's listening and and can sort of provide some sort of feedback on it, I'd be interested to know. Just because we never got it in the West, but. Mm. 
I'd love for someone to still have it on the phone and it works or, you know, (laughs) even if it doesn't work, if it was like an online only thing, there's enough data and files there that they've still got installed that they can get something out of it. Do you know what I mean? It it would be, it'd be cool if that was um, semi-discovered. It must be on, I, I wonder, you know, maybe, maybe it isn't, maybe everyone's phone's broken or deleted, you know, but I, I do feel like it must be on someone's phone still in Japan. It's got to be somewhere <laughs> in a basement or in a box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that moves on to March 2011, where Yusuzuki receives a Pioneer Award at the Game Developers Choice Awards, presented by former Sega colleague Mark Cerny. So even back in 2011, it looks like they, they had a very good relationship, Yusuzuki and Mark Cerny. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mark Cerny's a bit deceiving, really, because he still looks fairly young, doesn't he? But he's been in the business for, I think, since the Mega Drive days, really. Yeah, he worked with Yusuzuki on, on various titles. I don't know what his bloody secret is. Because he still looks <laughs> about 40, and he's 40s to me. You know, when he did that GDC thing with Thingy, he yeah. looked... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he Mark, Mark Cerny now is, is at the top of his field. Yeah, yeah he is system architect for, for the PlayStation. And it's crazy, actually, to see how far he's come. And I'm sure Yuzuzuki, actually, knowing how humble a man he is, would be very proud of him, Yeah, actually. definitely. And vice versa. I, I, I'd assume, yeah. you know, we, they kind of work together to get Shimmy 3 off the ground. And the fact that you've got a 15-year, now 18-year-plus game rekindled, you've got to appreciate that as well in the gaming industry. It's such an achievement. You have, I think. And, yeah, Crazy, isn't it, that Mark Cerny's been around as long as he has? But yeah. there we are. Um, so, I don't recall this award, by the way. No, just, I don't. I don't uh, remember yeah. it. But fair play. Again, it's just showing how he must have a few bloody trophies yeah, in his cabinet big, now. Big trophy, <laughs> trophy wall, maybe. Yeah. Um. So we go into sort of June 2011. That Sega sort of repeating the rest of it. We've been going on for a long time now. Uh, assures fans that requests for Shenmue three taken very seriously indeed, while reiterating it has no plans to grant them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> says it all really who keeps i mean why did they keep bringing it back up all the time are they are they were they getting that hammered by request for shenmue 3 they were because it's like every year they've got to say that they're not thingy but that in itself is like well why aren't you yeah. if every year you've got to tell us that you, you know you've got no plans i think they were <laughs> and it's this sort of leads into sort of the rest of the year which i'll quickly do is September yep. 2011, Suzuki's involvement with Sega is reduced to a consultancy role, so basically put on retirement, which, yep. I, well, this is probably a, a view to express another time what I think of that. Um, November 2011, is it, Yu Suzuki appears at the Toulouse Game Show to discuss Shenmue with an audience of fans. Taken aback by the rapturous standing ovation, he answers questions about the series and reaffirms his desire for the opportunity to make Shenmue 3. So he never gave up. And even even in these years, yeah, even in these dry yeah. years with Sega writing it off, he never gave yeah. up. And in November that year, the current version of the Shenmue 500k Facebook group launched under new management. I remember that because the old one got taken over by all sorts of spammers and everything else and basically destroyed the page. Um, so I remember that that new page launching, in fact, but that, that was a. Yeah, it was interesting. Okay, so January 2012 now, inspired by a recent interview with French fan site Shemu Master at the Toulouse Game Show, the Team E project is founded with the aim of educating gamers on the distinction between Sega's unwillingness to publish Shemu 3 and Suzuki's own desire to continue the series for its fans. So this is the birth of Team E, basically, in January 2020, uh, 2012, sorry. 
where you know this timeline is actually hosted at teamu.net and it's the kind of the start of the new resurgence of fans pressing for Shemu 3 again mm, definitely it's i don't know it's it's it's, it's like it's the start you know the first space on a, on a sort of a game board isn't it it's like right okay we're going to have this then Mm. the way I put it. And in the same month, fans complete a French translation of Shenmue 2. Yeah. So, you know, good, good for the French fan base out Fair there. Fair play, because I'd imagine that was a massive undertaking with all the text and everything that's in that game. My God. Yeah. Fair play to you. February 2012. Um, wow. If you, I would encourage anybody, because the tweet still exists here, to go and have a look at this tweet. It's, uh, so the, the, it Sega sets the tone on how to handle the new feedback for Shenmue over the next three years. And there's a piece on Team U's Facebook page, the link still works, talking about why Shenmue is not your average, Shenmue 3 is not your average video game sequel. And Sega, just a one-line sentence, said yes, because sequels imply it was ever made. And it's really harsh. So here's the thing about Shenmue 3, it's not your average video game sequel. Yes, because sequels implies that it was made. And Sega just really <laughs> cutting, really yeah, I cutting. Who was in charge of the, the the Twitter account back then? It was wow. I... They, it just shows that they must have been pressured, and they had a lot of, you know, it's that it's that kind of thing where it's it's a, it's become an annoyance because there's probably that many people saying like, "Where's Shamu Three? What's happening?" And you know, they're just kind of sick of it, and it's kind of like an angry sort of you know, shut up already kind of <laughs> remark, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it, when you think about it? Um, but this then sort of goes into probably one of the biggest milestones in this timeline, barring Shenmue 3 and some other bits, is March 2012. Um, the first tweet-a-thon is held on March the 3rd, 2012, in, um, building on partnerships with Shenmue UK and the 500K, inviting fans to coverage on Twitter, converge on Twitter for the day, um, around the hashtag, give you the Shenmue license, expressing that if Sega is not committed to the future of the franchise, then the company may as well give up the rights to someone who is. And I think that's partly a sort of comeback on the previous. Yeah, like a retaliation. Yeah, and it, yeah, a retaliation. It is. It is. And it actually, you know, just that simple reply from Sega there potentially could have sparked, you know, it, well, yeah, the drive, you know, it, it, to 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 determination to get the series back I think it did and uh, do you know something uh, we look back at the tweetathon now and it is probably arguably one of the biggest influences in getting Shenmue 3 outside yeah, I don't want to disparage the group the, the work that any other communities do let, let me be honest here but, but it, the, the thing is man all of the groups banded together we did um I know the day towards that so it's like it's not just a specific fan base that's directing, you know, everyone got involved. So it was like a, a, a big joint collaboration to, to, to show them that Shemu 3 does need to happen. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was skeptical at first, um, but I joined in as like a lot of other people did. And obviously it bore yeah. the fruit is, is there for everybody to see that we got Shenmue 3 and we got the Shenmue remake, well, remakes, re, sort of re-releases rather on, on mm-hmm. the, the modern platforms, PS4, Xbox One and, and PC. And it's funny, actually, sort of feeding into that sort of tweetathon kicking off is um, Sega had to respond to it because it caused widespread hysteria that some interviews um, picked up that obviously it created a wave on social media. Some gaming websites ran news articles um, fueling speculation and advertising revenue, as, as I think James Hamill's put in here with the supposed leak that the re- HD remake's been completed for over a year, despite that being dismissed by Sega. 
Either way, right, this was a line in the sand, wasn't it? This was, all right, you're not going to do it, so we'll find someone who will. And it also showed the the desire to get the game made from from a very vocal and still vocal to this day group of fans. I'd be interested to see actually how many people were involved in, say, the first Twitterfon. You, compared to the figures now, James would probably know. Knowing him, he'd probably know. <laughs> wow, looking back at that, obviously the impact's there for everybody to see, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the start of a, a real change, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so April 2012, Cedric Biscay's Shibuya International Company didn't realise it had been around that long either. A company built around business links between France and Japan, and which helped organise Suzuki's appearance at the Toulouse Game Show the previous November, launches Shibuya Productions. Okay, so it's like a separate company, subsidiary, uh, specialising in the production of video games and animations. So that's cool. That that, that started in 2012. That's that's nice. Um, So Cedric's been doing that. Uh, for nearly 10 years now. Yeah, he, he has. And I know he mentioned it in his interview to me that he met Yu Suzuki years before they really started getting things off the ground, which was, it's quite nice, actually. They've, they've been he's in like touch with him. himself. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's a big fan of uh, Cedric. And he's, yeah, he is a Shenmue fan at heart. And I think he, he's grateful that he's been able to to get Shenmue 3 off, off the ground and hopefully Shenmue 4 or even 5 in, down the line. But we shall see on, on that front. Um, we sort of move into May 2012. Um, Steve Lysett, head of Sumo Digital, expresses desire in an interview with the UK's official Xbox magazine to see Yuzuzuki put Shenmue 3 on Kickstarter. So that was the first sort of mention of it yeah. back then. And Cedric Biscay tells the Shenmue Master fan site that Yuzuzuki is aware of the crowdfunding operations, but Sega will not consider it, considering this option and won't release the Shenmue franchise without compensation. So that was interesting. So I do wonder if negotiations had, had potentially happened at that point, yeah. or something was going on potentially. It's, it's, it's interesting. Well, it's interesting to mention it, you know, back in those times, and that is ultimately what happened. So, <laughs> Yeah, very true. Yeah. It's June 2012, fans complete a Spanish translation of Shenmue, so, you know, they never well give done. up putting these translations together. It's nice to see. Yusuzuki, uh, sorry, in July, same year, Yusuzuki receives an award from the ACMI Games Masters exhibition in Australia. Again, I don't recall I the actual don't event, recall it. but it's nice to see Yusuzuki picking up all these awards for his, um, his, his game industry accolades. I'll just do the next one because there's a couple of short ones. So August 2012, on the day of the fifth monthly Twitterfon, OneUp.com publishes an article about the campaign, approaching various friends for comment, one of whom, camouflage producer and recently successful crowdfunder of Republic, Ryan Payton, espouses the virtues of crowdfunding for Shenmue 3, noting somebody's got to mobilise this rabbit community. They will help make the game a reality. And some months later, Payton approaches Suzuki with this idea and begins selling him on the concept of Kickstarter. Meanwhile, UK magazine... Games TM also lends its support to campaign, along with comedian Matt Walker. You see again, Matt Walker? I have no idea, but I'll have a look. Oh, he's verified on Twitter. He looks familiar, but I'm not sure. Is he from a show of some sort? Oh, the Nighttime Show. Okay. Hmm. 
And where's that gone? So the snowballing publicity leads to a significant boost in participation for the Twitterfon going forward. Very good. So yeah. So yeah. So it's some. It's just building the uh, the elements to what actually led to becoming the Kickstarter by the looks yeah. of it. Peyton and it, Cedric getting involved. And, and Ryan talked about this in I think it was in the first interview he did with me. Um, and Ryan's been heavily involved in Shenry for for a number of years, and it's a key part of, of getting this going and potentially going forward. He he said that he. He literally emailed Mark Cerny and said, I want to meet you, Suzuki. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it's the short version of events, but listen to my part one interview if you want to sort of get a little bit of the story behind it. But that that was the first sort of real selling of the Kickstarter, if you like, which um, obviously transpired and then away we go. I'll, um, I'll group these next two together. So we've got September 2012, a fan recreates Ryo Hizuki's bedroom using CryEngine 3. Okay. Um, I think the link link is still live. It is um, October twenty twelve. GBR game game bytes radio begins uh, supporting tweets on each month with a twenty four hour playlist of Shenmue tunes streaming throughout the event. That's nice, which is interesting. And then comedian Imran Yusuf, and I think he's still quite active. Yeah, he is very he's the very guy active. That's like Sega Europe streams and stuff into yeah, which Sega and stuff. So that's good. Yeah. It joins the campaign, later compiling video clips of his pilgrimage to show new locations in Japan to promote mm-hmm. the hashtag and appearing on the Sega Nerds podcast. Cool, cool. So there we go. Yeah, people are sort of slowly being swept up by this at this point, aren't they? Probably listened to that episode as well, actually, back in the day, because yeah, probably, I've probably did, actually. Been, been listening to the Sega Nerds show, you know, at that point until they turned it into Megavision's good, good podcast to, to listen to. Uh, January 2013, Shemadojo gets involved in the Twitter for the first time. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. What was that? Like six months after it started, sort of? Yeah, around six months. Yeah. Uh, we got involved. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, we weren't making the decisions back then, but, you know, it's at least we, you know, we got involved and hopefully brought our own sort of community and whatever into the mix. And March 2013, there's a few here. So Yusuzuki appears at the Monaco Anime Game Show, promoted by Shibuya International. Reports from fans and attendants help us to clear up numerous cases of mistranslation and misreporting of the onstage Q&A. Most notable amongst the genuine news that did emerge from the event is Suzuki being unaware of any plans by Sega to re-release Shemi 1 and 2. So what was the particular mix-up then? I don't know. Mm. I don't remember it. Maybe there was just some random translations that went wrong and saying that it was being released and yeah, quite possibly. He, he, he basically someone... saying that he wasn't aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone probably ran away with it. <laughs> but there you go. No doubt. Yep. And in his second interview with Shenmue Master, not published until July. Suzuki states that by obtaining the Shenmue license from Sega, he would be able to use existing Shenmue 3 materials that are already stored in Sega's vaults. That's interesting in itself, really, isn't it? That they they must have had a little bit of work done on Shenmue 3 or... Something with them, wasn't it? It depends what it means by materials. I suppose it could be like, you know, those books he's got of the character art and that sort of stuff. It could just be that, for all we know. Music and everything else, yeah. Yeah. You never know. They could have worked a little bit more on the Guilin. We saw those screenshots of some stuff that never actually appeared in Shamu 2. You know, the Rio's in a temple with a guy in a green, <laughs> you know, white beard, that temple master sort of looking guy. So they might have worked a little bit past what we got. Could be what he's referring to. 
Uh, having barely unpacked his bags after the trip to Mags. Uh, what's Mags? No idea. <laughs> I've heard of Mags Fest. Could be that. Might, might, might be it. Uh, Suzuki jets off to San Francisco for the Game Developers Conference. Whilst there, a photograph taken with former Sega colleague and architect of the PlayStation 4, Mark Cerny, which we spoke about, creates a stir when GDC's general manager claims they are talking strategy for Shenmue 3, declining requests to confirm whether she was joking. Mag's promoter and future Shenmue 3 co-producer Cedric Biscay dismisses the tweet as a simple publicity shot for the GDC, reiterating the sentiment later in an interview with Shemu Master. Did you watch the GDC event live, man? Not that year. Oh, this um, is a different year, is it? This isn't. Yeah, this isn't this the, is the year yeah. before, I believe. Right. My understanding of this was they they talked about him coming to do GDC the following year. Right. Okay. So, so just again laying the groundworks for yeah. <laughs> the future, and also at GDC, indie developer and former uh, Gamastra. What's that word? Yeah. Gam- Gamastra, something else. Gamastra, yeah. Senior editor Brandon Sheffield speaks with Suzuki about Kickstarter and then asks fans to help improve the viability of, his, of, of this option. Despite relative lack of exposure, within 24 hours, campaign followers respond in their hundreds. So, I mean, reading these little pieces of history from these sort of years, it, 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 it shows that they, they must have been planning this Kickstarter back now you know it's in you suzuki's thoughts he's like you know can we gauge interest for you know maybe he wasn't sold on the idea and i think ryan even said it took him a lot to get sold on the idea and obviously these little things helped him to decide that it was you know a good viable option yeah and it, it's, it's all the seeds isn't it uh, uh, uh being planted here and it's it's obviously you see how it how it all ends but seeing this back you think it's funny isn't it? it's all little breadcrumbs all little breadcrumbs in a trail going going forward it's, mm. it's it's nostalgic actually i think going back looking at this so going into this sort of april 2013 uh one month after the sweetest on first anniversary uh the event is continuing to grow it makes its first use of thunderclap okay. to simultaneously release a batch of tweets preloaded by fans leading up to the deadline um, this is later replaced by a custom auto-tweet tool on the CNU website coded by David Brown of Mooncalf Studios, who is also working on a little 2D fan game. I can't remember the name of it now, um, but if David hears this, chuck it in the comments or drop us a message. And I can't I just, I can't remember it. And I've mm. seen it. Sounds and interesting. I feel really eh? bad. I feel really bad for that because I should know it. <laughs> um Critical comments on a Sega fan site prompted a detailed defense of the hashtag give you the Shenmue license and the aims of the campaign, which is then retweeted by the fan site. Um, go and read the what team you said at that point. I'm not going to mention names of the podcasts or anything of the people that mentioned it. Just go go and read it because I think it's unfair on, the, on people at the time because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because I think things right. have moved on since then, shall we say. Okay, fair enough. Let's keep the ball moving then. So May 2013, Shami Dojo holds a 70-man battle contest, assisted by Team U inviting fans to film themselves, completing this climactic section of the first game in the fastest time to win an exclusive edition Ryo Hazuki statue supplied by First for Figures. That's crazy that that was Bloody 2013, because I, I, I won that, <laughs> believe it or not. 
Bloody uh, hell, well done. Yeah, so uh, I don't know, has it got the actual video linking from that? I'm going to have a look. Uh... That, that link is just about the competition, but yeah, I remember filming multiple takes, keep getting a faster, faster time. And uh, I forget actually what time I got in the end. I mean, these people have got, smashed it since. It. You got, got it. it here. Three minutes, 49 seconds. Uh, three, uh, three minutes, 49 seconds. And <laughs> so you did it pretty damn quick. You yeah. won it by a distance, actually. I did in the end, is. yeah. I, mean, um, I, I don't know good... if many people actually got involved that I was 20, expecting. I mean, I, I took seconds. it really serious because it was like a £250 statue. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, you know that's pretty cool. You can you can go watch that video of me. Um, I'm basically just spamming, uh, flying swingy kick thing, <laughs> whatever it's called. Oh yeah, <laughs> running yeah. and thingy. And I got a few comments actually. I don't know if it's still showing in the YouTube comments. People saying like, you know, it's not a very pretty run. But I I replied, you know, it's it was just what I did to get the fastest time, which is all you needed to do. <laughs> Doesn't have to be pretty to be effective. Yeah. Uh, Electro House music star Kavinsky participates in the Tweetathon after seeing Yu Suzuki photographed with his album Outrun, named uh, after obviously Yu Suzuki's arcade classic. I do remember this actually. This guy, uh, mm, his I album artwork this. posing in front of Ferraris and whatnot, and uh, obviously named his album Outrun. Shenmue villain Landy tops a poll of Sega characters to be made into a statue by First Figures after pre-orders for the high-end Ryo Hazuki statue sellout. And both figures are incredible, really, um, especially the, the, the mirror design-based exclusive versions. They're a lot of money now. They are now, yeah. But, you know, back then they were quite reasonable, quite, really. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, coming back, probably it's still far expensive um, for um, inflation and that sort of stuff, but reasonable to what the prices are for first for figures statues now anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> and finally in that same month voice actor Corey marshall dispels rumors of new studio work on shemu 3 stemming purely from a change to his facebook profile i wonder if that is the time could be around this time because this this feels more recent but remember he was um i think he took a photo in front of like a sega sign yes sega sign or something and yeah that could be what this is referring to or well, we could see yeah. this crop up later but uh, i do tend to recall something like this anyway quality then i'll group the next sort of few together because september 2013 is is a is an interesting one so june 2013 you've got the virtual fighter composing streets of rage sound programmer takuki nakamura tweets his support of the campaign and begins adding regular mention in his newsletter it's cool seeing these people kind of like join yeah yeah jump on with it like every every month that goes by, you're getting more people involved, and it's cool to see famous people and that sort of stuff get involved as well. That have got then, a big following. Yeah, they do, and it's. I think it, it really starting to gather momentum here. Bearing in mind we're two years out from the announcement itself, yeah, the momentum's shifting. You can feel it actually in in the way this is this is put together. Um, July 2013, Corey offers signed photos to participants in the Tweetathon. I do remember that. I didn't Brilliant. get one, but I do remember it. Mm-hmm. August 2013, Jordan um, Mechner, the creator of Prince of Persia, lends his support to the campaign. Awesome. So again, it's another big name. Yeah. And then that same month, members of the international Shenmue 500k community spat out the campaign hashtag give you the Shenmue license in a photo collage. And I know they did several of these over the years. I wasn't in that one, but I've done a few since. 
right? I, 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 I may have been involved in one or two in recent years. I don't know. I can't remember. Like I say, I wasn't really part of the 500k community, so uh, I've, I've seen a few that you, you've mm. been in, though. <laughs> yeah, I've done a few. I've seen your picture. Okay, let's take a short break now and play a piece of music from Shenmue 2. This is the theme of Fangmei, actually, but it's called A Lovely Girl. And welcome back again as we keep moving on through this timeline. So you just listened to Shemu 2's uh, Shemu 2 song there called A Lovely Girl. Again, that was, uh, I believe, the, the theme of Fang Mei. And uh, a lovely piece there. A lovely girl. <laughs> September 2013, the campaign begins targeting Sony's Building the List survey run by GeoCourse's third-party production team in search of requests for titles to bring to PlayStation platforms. Yeah, that's quite significant that we'll get to, and well, I assume later when we get to uh, building this listing. Do we, do we know what the actual list was in the end? Like all the games, obviously Shemu topped it, but what else was I, on that list? Do we know? I know Yakuza 5 benefited from it for a Western release because of that as well. Yeah. There's a lot behind that, actually, that building the list. I remember it when it got launched. Mm, cool, cool. Uh, following several rounds of voting, spreading over months, Shemu's crowned the best game of all time in a mammoth poll held by leading German magazine M Games. Okay, that, that M Games, that is, they did a, an actual Shenmue 3 cover. I think mm. I've actually got that, if you remember that one. Yes, I do. Shenmue I magazine, it's it. pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, nice to see. So we go into October 2013. Sega's CS research and development producer, Yuzuki Okunari, claims that uh, their next time of HD re-releases will depend on your voices, so please continue to support us. When approached by fans on Twitter, he clarifies that although he'd like to play more Shenmue, requests should be directed to Sega West, the most common addressee during the 20 tweetathons thus far. That's interesting, actually, that he's saying go to Sega West because obviously Sega Europe had a massive stake in the re-releases getting released. Yeah, and while it seemed like the majority of the fan base, I guess, was from the West, you know, the tweetathon yeah. and all these sort of things... Uh, I, I don't really know what uh, Japanese fan communities there were out there back then, but it it did 
it just it just felt like it was it was mostly the West that was really striving towards getting Shemu back um, from the grave, really. Mm. And then sort of going into November that year, overlapping the Sweetathon, gamers raised money for the sick kids charity by playing Shemu one and two on Twitch wow. for twenty five straight <laughs> hours. Good lord! If they completed both games in that time. Oh. You, well, you can speed run two pretty in a few hours, two and a bit hours, can't you? I don't know yeah. about one. I think it. I can't remember what the record is, but it's just, it's a damn sight longer because I don't think you've got the cheeses in it. Like I'm sure they probably would have played it properly though. Like yeah, and then in in November that year, Sony's Adam Boys acknowledges Shenmue is one of the most requested games in their ongoing hashtag building the list survey, prompting much speculation. Meanwhile, Shenmue dominates a separate survey by the UK's official PlayStation magazine on most wanted franchises to appear on PS4. Although an unannounced deadline of only a few hours prevents this from being reflected in the magazine itself. So yeah, like that got announced and the fans just hammered it. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's just sort of another string to the bow, isn't it? When did when did the PS4 actually release? It was that year. I was think it was 2013? November. Yeah, it was November that year. I'm sure it was. I was going to say, like, well, obviously it is that long ago, but it doesn't, you know, it still feels quite new to me, the PS4. I know. <laughs> like, that's just how fast time's going. Uh, December 2013, answering a tweet, Microsoft's Phil Spencer makes his first public comments on the prospect of Shenmue 3 on Xbox One. I like Shenmue as well, but it's a Sega IP. Microsoft Studios doesn't have much pull at Sega. I'll recommend to our third party team. So I don't know what the reaction was to him saying that. Was it like I people don't thinking know. that? Oh, that, you know, that's a, I mean, a positive sound. I mean, it had history, didn't it? Because it, it was on the original Xbox. So it, there was something there. Obviously, it felt like a better fit, didn't it, at the time? I know it doesn't so much now, but back then it was like yeah, and Xbox or nothing, wasn't it? <laughs> it's ironic because I think we and I do. Well, I focus on the fact that obviously Phil Spencer later came out and said that they were focused on their first party titles and weren't interested in Shenmue Three. Mm. I know. That they approached Microsoft with it, with the concept of the idea, and they got no joy out of it. Mm. So that, that was See, interesting. Things could have been much different. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, very different. We, who, who knows? So the same month, still December 2013, the campaign re- replaces its old hashtag, give you the Shenmue license, with the newly announced hashtag, save Shenmue. That's interesting. That's where the that save Shenmue kind of came from, which is um, probably the, the the more well known out of the two now. I'd say hashtag yeah, wise, definitely. And again, the same month, Ryo Hazuki is revealed as DLC for Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, following a success in the character poll endorsed by Sumo Digital a year prior. Fans send the developers a photo collage thanking them for their persistence. Yeah, it's nice to see. I remember that. Good stuff. Yeah, getting... that's, that's where they got the, the Shenmue three number plate. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting. I'm just looking at the timeline before we sort of go into 2014, and you can see that things are accelerating. The the campaign, yeah. the, the the fan community groups is accelerating. Massively. Things are happening. It's, Thing, yeah, yeah, things are happening, and I don't want to sort of jinx anything but it feels like we're at the start of something like this for Shenmue 4 it's easy to to say that as well when you can look back and see these yeah, these things I that happened wrong. I could... at the time it still felt like you were such a long way away from mm. anything happening I could be wrong I could but, be wrong uh, so I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do January together I think so January 2014 uh, a fan made yeah. smartphone app Shenmue cassette player is released for Android very nice oh, I remember that yeah um 
with a note, another photo collage, the Xiaomi 500K reaches out to Xiaomi and attracts uh, industry and media attention. I don't, I'm, they've got the photo here, I think. Um, was this a different one? I didn't do this one. I think I did one later on. It says, thank you, thank you. Sony, for, for listening yeah. to us, please. Hashtag save Shenmue. Save Shenmue. Brilliant. Um, Rio DLC for Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformers released PC um, with the protagonist uh, also includes an unlockable character on iOS and Android. UK's largest video game retail, cha- retail chain games for voices support for the campaign. Okay, I wonder if that was like the main game or... Let's have a gander. Yep. It is. The Crazy. main game digital website, uh, Twitter page. Amazing Quality. quality. And then the first attempt is made to get Shenmue's soundtrack rated into the classic FM Hall of Fame against claims from an influential source of withheld support that is not worth trying as it will never happen what it did. So <laughs> to you. It did. I remember that, yeah. Oh, dear. Some of this stuff, it feels, well, I know it is It is closer to, to now, but it feels a lot more recent, actually, when you're reading some of this stuff. Like I, I can remember going on the, the classic FM website and tuning in to listen mm. to Shemu's theme and that sort of stuff. I can remember actually doing that. It's, <laughs> it's cool seeing that, you know, it's seven years ago now. Mental. It is. So, February 2014, Team U Twibben. What's a Twibben? I have no idea. Keeps loading Facebook on that. Uh, okay. Maybe it's, um, must have been something Twitter were doing at the time. Yeah, I, do, I can't remember. A Team U Twibben is introduced to help Twitter and Facebook users raise awareness of the campaign in their profile pictures. Ooh, okay. Maybe it was just like, I was thinking maybe they changed all their avatars to have possibly all I had like something, it, yeah. yeah, or something at the bottom of it, like, like people are doing now with various different bits and pieces. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. Uh, Phil Spencer speaks against the idea of funding Shemu 3 for Xbox One as Microsoft doesn't own the IP. So that's what we've kind of just mentioned. Yeah. That was where that occurred that was in february 2014 same month shemu 3 captures 47 percent of all votes to lead an xbox one magazine poll for games most wanted on xbox one uh, a fan-made screensaver is released for windows emulating the shemu loading screen and intru- including a built-in tweet-a-thon reminder on the third of each month that's pretty cool cool functionality and finally issues surrounding shemu related trademarks spark a flurry of misleading reports so mm. what's that is that like oh I'm not logged in on Facebook, so um, maybe you can see that. Ah, they basically they were saying that the trademark for Shenmue was cancelled and then renewed. And is that like website domains and that sort of stuff? Yeah, of and it's very interesting. Go, I, I won't go into it now because it's quite long. Yeah, but go into the timeline and click the link for the Team U Facebook post. It's still there. Cool, cool, cool. And have a look at it because it's quite interesting. So we go into March. 2014 fan made browser game excite qtt quick time typing is launched online mm, it's interesting, interesting all these things start kicking off around about now in it people are starting to get the, the shemu buzz again even prior yes. to anything happening it's just it, it must have been a quite an exciting time with comments from companies and sort of stuff and i suppose that is this is when social media started kicking off properly yeah it, it, it was and yeah i think it's again you can see the acceleration in the campaign team U is interviewed by the crew behind the geek podcast this is the big one actually yuzuzuki attends the games developers conference gdc 2014 
to present a Shenmue post-mortem and seek, seek partnerships with Shenmue 3, including secret talks with Sony. He also states mm-hmm. that he's researching Kickstarter as a method of funding the game. So this is the acceleration now. We're getting into, like, it looks like if he's researching Kickstarter, he's got the license. I didn't. I don't actually remember him actually saying that at the show, because uh, that's quite a, a strong telltale sort of thing. Is he's looking at? Well, if it was an interview or something at the time, yeah. But it's we know he had talks with Mark Cerny there because that was where I think this really kicked into gear. Did you watch the show live? I watched it know? afterwards. Um, I can't remember why I didn't watch it live at the time, but I certainly watched it back. I was like around a friend's house, and I, I, he, he had. I don't know if I took my PC or he just had two PCs. I remember he was playing a game or something to the right of me and I just sat there and just watched this. It was like unmissable, really. Just I think there must have been talk on the forums like he's going to announce Shenmue 3 or we're (laughs) going to see something. You know what I mean? I think back then, anything like this would have been like, why? It seems strange that he's doing this now. It's like... He's got to do something, and he, he kind of actually revealed a little bit too much, possibly, <laughs> in terms of uh, the future of the series story-wise. That's where we got the chapter tiles, and I know there's been a lot of fan theories and and whatnot looking at the tiles yeah, and what's it, to come in the game. It's it was quite quite big, interesting. quite big, wasn't it? That, that I think they were the content of that that conference and things we hadn't seen before. I think it set everyone into sort of analytical mode what's what's to come what's to come and theorizing yeah definitely check this out if, if you haven't seen this this particular gdc press conference shenmue postmortem it's it's a really good one uh the next bit is that WiseNet reveals a new browser-based virtual fighter spin-off and suzuki continues to debate kickstarter for shenmue 3 this sort of feeds okay. into what we just said and uh, phil spencer recently promoted by microsoft to head of xbox further acknowledges shenmue as the most requested game for the platform um so yeah, mm. that sums that up quite nicely. Good stuff. April 2014 now, so yeah, literally the following month. Spencer follows up by using the hashtag Save Shemu hashtag on Twitter. Bloody hell. That's interesting. That caused a stir. So at, who did he at there? If you look at the actual tweet, it's at Shemu, but then there's like a big underscore thing. I don't so know. I, I don't strange. know. It's maybe... The save, hashtag Save Shemu is strong. Wow, I mean that's seven, that's, yeah, seven years old now. So I bet that I had people salivating <laughs> yeah, I bet at the did. time. Sony's Adam Boy's remarks on the continued frequency of the Shemu requests on Twitter. Uh, we got a fan remix of Shemfar's theme is used to raise money for a charity battling the effects of children's cancer. It's good that you see, you know, people using Shemu for yeah. good things as well like that. Edge magazine runs a feature on Team U and the positive behaviour of Shemu fans campaigning for a sequel. That's cool. And rumours continue over Shemu 3 being as close to being announced as it has ever been over the past decade, according to a reporter following a small private audience with Yusuzuki at GDC in March. And finally, from that month, Sony's Geocorsi comments at PAX East on the relentless tweeting of Shemu fans since the beginning of his building of list survey. So, I mean, I think we had every right going into that E3 in the following year you know, to, to really believe something was going on here. If, if you you really see all these things that are set in motion, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It sort of feeds in, actually, to the next few months, which I'll group together. So May 2014, Phil Spencer encourages gamers to lobby for the return of their favourite games from the original Xbox. 
fans waste no time in reminding him which console is required to play Shenmue 2 in North America. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I do feel sorry for Xbox owners, actually, a little bit, that 3 isn't on there. I get why. I get the, the exclusivity yeah. deal, et cetera, et cetera. But I think I forgot, looking at this, how many Xbox fans were also campaigning for Shenmue and... Yeah. I wonder what the percentage of people that haven't played it because it isn't on Xbox is. I don't know. I don't think it'd be that high. No, I think games these days are happy to dip in other yeah. consoles and PC I mean, and stuff, I suppose. I suppose it, it, there could be 50,000, 50, 100,000 sales there for all we know that they yeah. haven't got. But, they, you know, that's mm-hmm. by the by a little bit now. But there we go. Um, June 2014, Team U gets a discreet message to use Suzuki via Ali Novin, encouraging the view that if it, neither private investment nor crowdfunding is shaping up to be wholly workable for Shenmue 3 on its own, then both methods could be used to offset each other with any risk-adverse investors possibly agreeing to support the project on the condition that measurable demand for the game is proven by fans pledging a minimum target amount. Well, that's exactly what happened in the end of the day. Yeah. Because um, obviously Sony came in with it, and then Deep Silver came on, probably off the back of the Kickstarter. In fact, we had E3 that month. Another E3 goes with no Shenmue three announcement, but Yuzuzuki remains active, and reassuring words are offered by Sony's Adam Boys, while fans continue to petition Microsoft through an official Xbox poll. Right, it's probably just a little bit too early, wasn't it? That E3, yeah, then? I think from GD, GDC to there, it's probably like, yeah, we're going to do it, but we're not ready yet, sort of thing. Um, Yuzuzuki is presented with a Legend Award at Game Lab Barcelona, where he has the chance to mingle Sony Worldwide Studios president Shui Yoshida and discuss crowdfunded game development with two of its most high profile advocates, Tim Schafer, Broken Age, uh, Kenji Inafune, Mighty Number no. Nine, amid. Um, well, there's a bit of Mighty Number no. Nine was an interesting one, but I'll leave that there. That, but that was before Shemu Three, wasn't it? Mighty it no. was. Number nine, yeah, so, it was. Yeah. Admits proceedings. The internet goes nuts over photos showing a Shemu Three style on a screen behind Suzuki. Before delayed translations re- re- reveal it to be nothing serious. That's so Shemu fans, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, looking back, it's what. Could it have been a real thing? And it was like part of a, a meeting they had where they were talking about it and someone yeah. snapped a sneaky picture. And <laughs> You never know, do you? You never know, yeah. And then July 2014, voice actress Lisa Wilkerson offers signed photos to participants and tweeted from much like Corey nice. had done, yeah. which is really Brilliant. cool. Yeah, it's cool to see. August 2014, Team Muse founder appears on the Chipped podcast to promote the campaign. Nokon Kid, a graphic designer from South Korea, begins releasing videos of his homemade HD recreation of Shenmue's environments, dropping jaws around the world. And obviously, he ended up becoming part of the Shenmue 3 team because of those videos, basically, you know, what he was able to create in Unreal. He's still there, as far as I understand still it. Still there. Crazy. One of several detailed efforts by fans to recreate Shenmue locations within Minecraft is released for download. I remember that. And following a long delay after voting, Empire lists Shenmue as the greatest video game of all time, jumping from 7th place from a previous ranking of 42nd. It's a big jump. Oh, so it was, yeah, so it went from 42nd yeah. place to the 7th place. I mean, it's it's high up in everyone's list, really. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's obviously kicking up. So I'll do September 2014. Um, fans complete English, Spanish, and German translations of the Watch Shenmue demo. Fair play. That's, cool. That's awesome. Such... I think Switch was involved in 
the English one at least. Yeah, I would imagine he would have been. Um, insert coin clothing offers discount on their official Rio Hazuki replica jacket to participants in the Tweetathon. I do remember that. Nice. This is interesting. This next one. Sega of Japan re- receives a deluge of requests for Shenmue during its promotion on Facebook of the Tokyo Game Show. An interview from the event, but not published until November, Yuzuzuki tries to take the heat off of Sega. Interesting. <laughs> so what did he actually do then? Um, let me pull it up and let's have a quick gander at it. Um, I bet he was saying like, you know, I bet at that point the ball was in motion then. So he, he was he was trying to stick up for, for Sega probably. They, maybe they, they granted him the license at that point. Yeah, it's pretty much what you're saying, actually. I'm just reading it now. He said that Sega will let him make the game if he can source the funding for it. Um, and in his words, Sega is not a problem at all when it comes to Shenmue. So going back a few years where they weren't going to release the license, they've all of a sudden, right. by the looks of it, gone, yeah, go yeah. on, you can do it. If We'll give you the license. There's probably a fee involved, of course. But we'll give you a license yeah. to um, if you can get it funded. I've had many business meetings with yeah, I... <laughs> Yusuzuki and Cedric, maybe, and those sort of people, maybe Adam Boys and Mark Cerny involved. You never know. So October 2014, Corey Marshall and other performers restate their support for the hashtag Save Shemu campaign. Reiterating previous advice, Team U continues to urge fans to avoid unofficial crowdfunding yeah. schemes for Shemu 3. So was people creating their own? Yeah, I think people were trying to sort of create their own bits and pieces to get things going. Mm. And also I think some of it was probably a bit dodgy anyway. Yeah, it's not good. Scott Rode, who is PlayStation Software product development head for Sony Worldwide Studios America. I don't know if he still is, but he was back then. Draws international media coverage by acknowledging the campaign's persistence. Yeah, that was, that was, I imagine that was probably a big deal. Very interesting. So going to November 2014, uh, Team U interviews Nocon Kid about his fan-made HD, Shenmue HD project. Um, almost 15 years after Shenmue's release, tweets from fan, uh, fan gamer of game trailers, Michael Huber, who I've had the pleasure of interviewing. Uh, brilliant, brilliant interview. And he's a, he's really, he's a good, good man as well. He's really, I got on really well with him. Um, and other passionate supporters are collating a small snapshot of the latest tweetathon. And actually, uh, Michael Huber, part of the Let's Get Shenmue 4 tweetathon, he does retweet and tweet most months, actually, these days. Massive fire, which is, yeah awesome for him to see and obviously if you don't know who he is he's the guy that he uh, he probably had the the most classic reaction to to the e3 event <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll get to eventually yeah we will um november again a documentary is announced later to be titled a gamer's journey the definitive history of shenmue oh. the project receives publicity from ign while supporting the campaign so there we go so and was that actually a Kickstarter was made before the Shemmy 3 No, I think Adam was trying to get it off the ground at some no, point. Just then. announced it, yeah. Yeah, and then not even the IGN convention in Dubai is safe from the campaign to hashtag safe Shenmue. Mm, very good. December 2014 now, on the 20th anniversary PlayStation, only one game appears on every wish list for Christmas. wonder which one that is. <laughs> Sony succeeds in bringing Yakuza 5 to the West following its popularity in the building the list survey, so that's like what you mentioned. Uh, leaving fans to wonder if fellow frontrunner Shenmue 3 will be next. I mean, yeah, you've got to it imagine was. at the time if it was top of the list. Retro Magazine promotes the campaign in a feature listing franchises that need a sequel. Just loads of people getting involved, aren't they? 
Uh, Russian news outlet GameMag promotes the campaign while covering a fan-made version of a lucky hit. There we go. Interesting. Very good. Very good. It's, it's again. It's it's all kicking. It's all creeping towards the big moment. <laughs> it is a bit. I'm going to group January to March together. I put oh, yep. There's airplanes going over my house, so hopefully it doesn't pick it up. <laughs> I can't hear them. I think you're okay. Good. Um, okay, so January 2015. Organisers of the ACMI Games Masters exhibition featuring Yuzuzuki titles to promote the Tweetathon. A second attempt is made to vote Shenmue's soundtrack into the classic FM Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, February 2015, campaign passes the uh, three years of the monthly Tweetathon. Bloody hell. That's crazy. Uh, it's by. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's gone quick. Um, Lisa Wilkerson praises the dedication of those campaign for Shenmue 3, stating, I think that Sega should do this just out of a kind respect for the loyalty of the fans. Mm-hmm. And then in March 2015, with Yuzuzuki attending another GDC, a former colleague who worked on Shenmue's dynamic weather system comments of the importance of fans campaign to save Shenmue. This is interesting. A Toonami poll asking for pay- people's favourite video games is dominated by Shenmue, earning it a mention on their pre-flight show. Now, bear in mind that <laughs> Crunchyroll, Time Warner own Toonami, and Jason DeMarco is head of Toonami, and he got the Shenmue anime off the ground. So I wonder... Nick, I bet it was his poll. I wonder if he was involved in that. It's just an mm. interesting link to make. Um, again, it's, it's funny how these puzzle pieces come together now, isn't it? It really is. Um, gamers begin voting in their thousands in support of a proposal to make Lego versions of classic Sega arcade machines and use Suzuki himself. I know it yeah, didn't make this. the total in the end, but again, it was really cool to see the concepts. It got close, I think, did it? Didn't get too far away. It was it was pretty close. And then finally for March that year is Suzuki speaks at a seminar in Tokyo about the role of game creators. April 2015, a fan mod by Esperol, allowing versions Ryo Hazuki and Landy to finally battle in Dead or Alive 5, receives media coverage from around the world. And I'll jump straight into May 2015 now. Yeah. So, Tweetathon participants continue to influence their fellow gamers into showing solidarity for the cause. Fan-made smartphone game Excite QTA QuickTime app is released for Android. Oh, okay. I feel like I, I kind of remember that one, actually. I can, I can picture like a uh, some sort of thing flashing up like a quick time mm. event thing on, on my phone, possibly. Uh, yet another Shamu hoax claims a joint announcement by Sega and Square Enix concerning a Shamu 1 to 3 collection is imminent. After the games media and blogosphere obligingly whips fans into an expectant frenzy, the culprit confesses to forging the leaked image. Okay. <laughs> There's been so much of that over the years. I know. Aren't there? I know. It's mental. Yusuzuki resumes activity on his long dormant. Twitter account. See and that, that that's interesting. Interesting. Kind of like it tells you a little bit of something. I think that's what we were talking about on the forums at the time and why we were getting a little bit excited for E3 just approaching before obviously we got that forklift tweet, which I think is in the next section, is it? It is, it is. So June 2015. Oh, this is etched in our memory. It's 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 probably a little bit um poetic that we were recording this on the on six years to the day that's nice actually um, i didn't, I didn't uh, think of uh, that but we just picked this day kind of randomly we're both free and 
That's nice. I'll get I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so Data Discs offered a limited edition copy of its Shenmue soundtrack LP to participants in the Tweetathon. Cool, cool. Zuki San begins honing in on safe Shenmue tweets, so he starts retweeting them and acknowledging them. Mental. That was interesting. Fans collaborate for a photo collage wishing wishing you Zuki a happy fifty seventh birthday. Okay. Fair play. Zuki, this is the big one. Uh, Zuki arrives at E3 and tweets a picture of a forklift, sending fans into a frenzy of speculation and almost giving Adam, <laughs> sending Adam Boyd a nervous breakdown. And I must confess, having had spoken to Ryan Payton about this, it's not too far from the truth. Yeah. Well, he was saying that they, they kind of kicked off a bit about that, didn't they? They were like, well, yeah, you Suzuki, what are you doing? <laughs> they weren't happy. Although Ryan Ryan interpreted it the other way. Yeah, I think it worked in the end. It was, it was a, it, we needed that, didn't we? It was like, please tune in to E3 kind of thing. It was, yeah, you know, yeah. something was in the works, and then definitely. This, this is the one we've all been waiting for. Suzuki San is introduced by Adam Boyd onto Sony's stage at E3 to a reaction like no other. Announces a Kickstarter for Shenmue 3 that crashes the site <laughs> and reaches $2 million target in record time. Wisenet, PlayStation, and the main Sony account all tweet the campaign hashtag. It's crazy. Now, if you ever want vindication for anything, yeah. right there. And the, the funny thing is, when you were, I was watching that E3 live, the. It, 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 I don't know. I want to say it was timed to perfection. You know, we, we, it was like so far into the, the show, it was like, it felt like maybe they were whittling down a little bit. There was like digital mm. devolve a little segment where it was like, I bet a lot of people went to, you know, get a drink or go to the toilet during that section. Not, not to downplay digital devolve, but it was like, I, I was watching, you know, say the, the game trailers, Michael Huber stuff, and they were, you know, they were, they would, they were still getting over what's happened previously with Final Fantasy and stuff, and that mm. was playing. It was kind of like a, you know, a bit of a, a transition between that and the next big announcement, and just what happened after that was, you know, it was it's mind blowing. Really thinking back, it's it still gives me chills and hair stand on my end watching it back. Yeah, they, I I look back at it now and I, I just smile. I just smile. I look at it and I go, and I'm, I'm going to sound like a right a hole here, but I turn mm. around and I look at it. And everybody's ever said it will never happen. There you go. There you go. Just perfect and timing. Any, and anybody who says Shenmue Four will, will, will never happen, we can do it. We did it once. We'll do it again. Yeah. And in fact, it's a lot easier for it to happen now. <laughs> Back then, it was yeah. like just unreal. You know, it, now, it's hard to 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 get your words out how unreal mm. it was. You know, I, I'd never forget that day. No, I won't. And it's it's a day that's only only surpassed by my wedding day quite frankly and i said that <laughs> publicly a few times so back up on that but then this is um for want of a better expression it's probably a little bit of a negative spin on it the me the gaming media went mental obviously because shenmue 3 had been announced there was a lot of, of misinformation around out there so not just team you but all the fan community groups had to band together to fight back against the mountain of misinformation that was there in terms of who was funding it where the funding was going etc and we discussed this in our kickstarter episode actually about the communication here and that yuzuzuki had to issue a statement around what the hell was going on with the money and i just yeah i look back at that and i think the gaming media just all clicks thank you and they ran with it even though people were you know actively disproving these articles, they still ran with them. And it's just like, you, what? It's because uh, the first one worked, didn't it? So someone did it, tested mm. the water, you know. Oh, Yusuzuki 
scam was one of them, you know, because yeah. Sony's involved. Why aren't Sony plumping up the money, the multi-million dollar company or whatever? And, you know, they could easily fund this themselves. So, you know, why are they trying to get people to back it through Kickstarter? And, and that one headline, and then because it was such a, such a success, you know, people having a bit of an outcry, everyone did the same same thing for, for clicks, didn't they, really, at the end of the day? He did. He Not did. good. So, uh, so yeah, he issued a statement just to correct some of the hysterical clickbait. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, and I do. And Cedric did say that actually it probably had an impact on yeah. the um the final total, which and is a were, bit of a they shame. They were kind of a little bit slow to respond, weren't they? Initially, mm. you could have got yeah, that, that out so. quicker. Uh, July 2015, co-producer Cedric Biscay of Shibuya Productions comments on the manufactured drama. I think that the media's desire to create buzz around this issue will strain our com- campaign by at least two million, and I, I agree with him. I think it probably yeah. did. I think they probably would have even got to ten million without it. Uh, you know, without him. I don't have any words for the minority of journalists who seem to sometimes forget their duty to provide information by writing about their interpretations rather than facts. Thank you very much, Cedric, because that's yeah, exactly how everybody felt at the time, and. I hope those people are pleased with themselves, quite frankly. Because, yeah, you know, for something to to take this to come back after so long and, you know, to be shit on by the media like wow. that, it's dis- disgraceful, really. They lost their meme, didn't they? Yeah. They lost their clickbait. Shenmue E3 every year, uh, it's never happening, and it did, and I don't think and so to be many honest, they lost, deal with it. They lost a, a, a lot of respect as well, you know. Yeah. When you see some of these these companies that were making up these headlines and stuff, you know they lost a lot of respect for for, for us at least. Uh, Corey Marshall is announced as returning to voice Ryo Azuki in Shimmer Three. It's nice, just as his Japanese counterpart Masaya Matsukaze will also return. And Yu Suzuki joins the biggest ever hashtag Save Shemu Tweetathon to answer questions from fans. An independently organized fan campaign urges Kickstarter backers to each donate an extra $30 during the event. I kind of remember that actually. Then there was um, there was one they were doing a competition where if you did, I think, $100 or something, you got an entry to win something. Um, so, you know, I got involved with that. I think we were chucking money at this left, right and centre, weren't we? Yeah. Wisenet publicly names Ali Noven as executive Shemu ambassador while publishing links to community websites and social media pages, including a photograph of Suzuki-san holding a book prepared by Team U containing messages hosted by fans during a previous tweet-a-fan. Some great stuff we all did to, you know, mm. uh, show our appreciation and whatnot. Uh, stick it in the same month, loads, loads of stuff in this month. The first ever Save Shenmue QTE is announced by Team U and retweeted by Suzuki-san, introducing a new campaign concept requiring fans to converge online at the exact same time for a chance to win two names in the credits of Shenmue 3 by spreading useful information about the game. That's nice. Nice little gesture as well. Spanish studio Blitworks, having worked on several ports for the company, urges fans to continue requesting Shenmue HD from Sega, describing a previous proposal. We thought it would be a good idea to showcase Sonic CD, Jet Set Radio, and Shenmue, working on emulators to Sega, with the prospect of a commercial release for the console at the time. They showed interest in Sonic CD and Jet Set Radio. So that must have been where the um, they did a release of Jet Set Radio. With, uh, it was like a... Mm gold badge thing i forgot what it was called like a history piece thing uh fundraising on kickstarter comes to a close with a record total of six million three hundred and thirty three thousand two hundred ninety five dollars pledged by sixty nine thousand three hundred twenty backers and yu suzuki confirming on twitch that due to strong demand a paypal option will be put in place for those who were unable to back the game through kickstarter 
Industry figures to have personally donated via Kickstarter include Peter Moore, who's now of EA, or he was, he's, I think he's Liverpool manager now or something, or not Liverpool manager, but he's um, he's part of Liverpool CEO Club, yeah. there, isn't he? He's, he's part of the directors there now. And Sony Worldwide Studios boss, uh, Shue Yoshida. So yeah, magnificent total, to, to be honest, and obviously combined with the PayPal, I think we did get to 7 million seven almost, million, didn't we? Or, yeah, a little bit over, possibly. It was around that figure, yeah. So, you know, a massive achievement anyway. Record-breaking achievement. Team U thanks supporters with a video titled Hashtag Shemu Saved. It's nice to have changed the the hashtag a little bit there. It's a nice, smart idea. <laughs> Yu Suzuki mm. issues his own message of thanks to supporters. A speedrunner Shemu 2 raises money for Medicines Sans Fronteras. And work officially begins on Shemu 3. There you go, man. It's a big, big month <laughs> covered. Big month there. It's one of the biggest months in the, in the franchise's history. Okay, we're going to take a little breather now and play another song from Richard Cartledge. This is Free Eleven.
Okay, welcome back. That was 3.11 from Richard Cartlidge. Obviously, 3 being the, the fully reactivized entertainment. This is just the music that plays in Shenmue 1 at various points throughout the, the game. So, yeah, another great piece from Richard there. So, August 2015, the campaign rebrands itself as hashtag Save Shenmue HD to push for re-releases of Shenmue 1 and 2 on current formats, thus increasing potential sales of Shenmue 3 and securing the future of the series. And we know how that turned out. Um, the first tweet on using the new hashtag is utilised to gather questions for an interview with Yu Suzuki. And I think my, I think I've got a question asked in this actually. Okay. I'd have to check. Um, Shenmue Three tops the poll on game FAQs for most anticipated Kickstarter game. Phil Spencer explains he'd spoken with Yu Suzuki about bringing Shenmue Three to Xbox One, but did not pursue a deal because he preferred to focus on first-party titles. Cedric Biscay later states that Microsoft woke up a little late and had no arguments that would have made it possible. So if anybody is wondering why it never made it to Xbox, that's probably the reason. Yeah. Quite frankly, um, all the deals signed and delivered and that was the end of it. Um, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Team Use founder is interviewed by Game TM's magazine along with Yuzuzuki and Cedric Biscay. No Con Kid uses his latest video to promote the hashtag Safe Shenmue HD campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geo Corsi reveals that Shenmue was always number one in the hashtag building list survey and describes the precautions taken to keep the project under wraps until E3, until Yu Suzuki decided forklift. Also, Yu Suzuki tells the story of hiring a fan he met in a restaurant to work on Shenmue 3. I don't remember that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to quickly... Oh, it's a Facebook link. Facebook so have a look at it if you want to... If people want to have a look at it. Yeah. And I was just going to say, and, and obviously, if you do look at this timeline, there's, there's photographs and images and stuff that goes along with a lot of these these things. So if, you, if you're interested in a bit of... Um, nostalgia, nostalgia, it's all there. Nostalgia, definitely. And then September 2015, coinciding with the Kotio Game Show, the long-awaited Slacker Backer page opens, allowing fans who missed out on the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter to donate four rewards via PayPal. And then fans also completed Spanish translations of Dreamcast and Xbox version of Shenmue 2. Again, a bloody massive undertaking, so well done there. Good stuff, man. So we're kind of getting to like the last, I'd probably say the last third of this timeline. Yeah. We've banged out. So October 2015. So during the hashtag Save Shenmue HD tweetathon, WiseNet or YSNet announces the hiring of Nocon Kid to apply the skills demonstrated in his homemade Shenmue HD videos to Shenmue 3. Such a nice gesture that, and like you say, he's still working there. So that's great to see. And obviously his skills are probably even um, surpassed what he was creating back then. Shenmue 3 is a great representation of that as well. Ryo Hazuki has announced his character in Namco Bandai's IP crossover game with Sega, Project X-Zone 2, which I've got actually. is a pretty decent game. You have to get quite a ways into it before Ryo pops up, but it's nice to see Ryo Hazuki represented in a different style of game. Timu launches a Shenmue 3 quiz and profile header images to help promote the game's continued crowdfunding across social media. Yet more inaccurate news coverage, this time by a reporter twisting someone else's interview to create rumours of Shenmue 3 on Xbox One against the interviewer's own advice, requires new efforts to clean up confusion among amongst misled fans. I'm trying to think, when was it that we found the, I think it was Jibby that went into the some sort of website for Shenmue 3, was it the official website and or Deep Silver? Yeah, and there that was, was Xbox One, that was a bit later, I think. 
yeah, it was it was much much closer to release, and I, Deep Silver had to make a public um, announcement to say it wasn't coming. Yeah, so basically so like copied and pasted, I think, code yeah, from a different game. Format, it was yeah. kind of still in there. Yeah. Uh, Team U's founder is interviewed by Sega Nerds to address the yellow journalism continuing to plague Shenmue Three since the moment it was announced. Sega Europe marketing director John Rook appears to suggest the company is exploring the possibility of Shemu 1 and 2 remakes, though paraphrasing of his precise words causes confusion amongst fans and reporters. In the company's first direct voluntary acknowledgement of the series since Shemu 3's announcement in June, Sega Europe's social media team tweets about playing the original Dreamcast title at Paris Games Week. I wonder if this was um, Dan Sheridan who was in in charge of Sega Europe's social media stuff. Possibly, because their tone changed quite a lot. Yeah, He was... uh, uh, you know, very open actually to fans talking about Shemu. Mm, I had some nice was. chats with him and actually met him at, I think it was like a PC gamer conference in London. I, I dropped down there and oh, nice. he was part of the Sega booth and I, I had a word with him. Might get into that in a little bit, but it was a funny thing. I, I did say to him at the time, I was like, can you, can you wink if, you know, Sega were doing a Shemu <laughs> Shemu remake kind of thing? And he, he, he kind of like lifted both eyebrows and up and down and like did ah. a funny face at me. Ah. <laughs> Just like kind of hiding yeah. the fact. I mean, you could look back now and think like, hmm, okay. He's like, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so questions from Team U and other Shemu fan sites and community pages are put to you, Suzuki in an update delivered to Kickstart backers. Suzuki describes the fans' continued support as one of the most moving experiences of his life. Wow, that sums that up. I'm gonna I'll crash through the rest of the year of 2015. Go for so it. we're in November 2015 that Team U launches the winning can raffle, providing Shenmue 3's PayPal backers a chance to win coveted prizes donated by generous fans, along with first figures who offer their new exclusive edition Landy statue to one of the winning ticket holders. And Corey Marshall offers to sign and personalize some items up for grabs. Fair play. I think that that I think that was the one actually that I got involved in, and because I remember them sending a sticker oh, nice. with a winning can that you could nice. stick on a, an actual can to make it look like a winning can. <laughs> uh, that's that's cool actually. I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Sony's Geo Corsai and Adam Boys share a photo taken while catching up with Yuzuki Suzuki and the Shenmue Three team in Tokyo. Suzuki visits Shanghai for the Chupax Expo to promote Shenmue, Shenmue Three, showcasing new prototype footage and receiving. Gifts from local fans. I wonder if that was the event with the he, he was seen on stage with the mirrors someone had made for him. Possibly, it does sound about right. And then yeah. a Shenmue meetup is organised in the UK by fans, featuring activities such as a real lucky hit board, an exclusive teaser for the documentary A Gamer's Journey, and a live stream with Corey Marshall. I didn't go to this one. I couldn't. I, I remember it being organised. It was done through the five hundred k. Yeah. Um, but I, I get the impression it was quite quite successful. I can't remember the name of the place it was held now. It was in London somewhere. Very good. It sounds good. It sounds like a good event to have attended. And Yeah, I'd, I'd like to have gone, but unfortunately couldn't. Okay. Uh, December 2015, Shenmue 3 co-producer Cedric Biscay addresses the hashtag Save Shenmue HD campaign and speaks of the importance of releasing Shenmue 1 and 2 in HD before the sequel's release. Yep. Mm-hmm. First sets of results of the winning can raffle announced following the interim deadline at the end of the tweetathon. Uh, new Shenmue action figures are announced by Chinese company Worldbox. I don't remember, yeah. remember that. I, I remember this, and obviously nothing ever really came about them from that. It was like a, yeah, it was a Chinese company, Worldbox, 
And that was literally all we got. They just announced they were going to make some figures. And, uh, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> I've never, ever seen them on eBay or anywhere. I'd so. forgotten about it, but I, I do remember it at the time because, obviously, I was, you know, I still am a massive Shenmue collector, so they were they were on my radar. Nothing ever happened, so I don't oh, know why. Interesting. I don't um, know what happened to them. Chinese members of the Shenmue community on Baidu Tiaba donate 200 books to a primary school for underprivileged children in Guilin. Nice. After two teachers there had personally donated large sums to Shenmue 3 via Kickstarter to draw wider attention to the school and its needs. And that's the Kitchen Brothers that did that. I was going to say, yeah, two teachers that, that were teaching that. Um, in Guilin, weren't they? I had a long conversation with Joe about all of that um, Brilliant. in Monaco, actually. Both of them are really nice blokes, actually. Um, and do some bloody fantastic music as well. Um, a new stretch goal is added, um, is unlocked for Shenmue 3 by PayPal backers as the crowdfunding total passes 6.5 million shortly after the deadline is extended to further notice. And to round off the year of 2015, the Dojo's webmaster is interviewed by Retro Gamer magazine. Lovely, lovely. Was that Ziming then or? It must have been. Yeah, the time. Cool. Uh, it's Yammer, in fact. Oh, okay, awesome. There we go. Good stuff. Okay, let's get into 2016. Let's try and smash through this. So January, a decision not to add Kickstarter exclusive rewards to those already available on the PayPal's crowdfunding site is misreported by journalists implying PayPal backers will receive no rewards at all. Stupid, aren't they? So stupid. (laughs) Once again, it's left to those paying attention to fight against the tide and show other sites how to research a story. I I don't know where these journalists get off on it. They just what do they do? They just make shit off by the sounds of it, don't they? Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. That's not a generalisation, by the way. I don't mean all journalists, but these ones that were misreporting at the time, you know, it's like, what is the what is the point? I know. It seemed very deliberate, didn't it? Yeah. So Team News founder writes on the website of UK's Metro newspaper about the origins of the campaign. A third attempt is made to vote Shenmue's soundtrack into the classic FM Hall of Fame. So it must have been more recent than I, uh, you know, yeah, like I remember. I, I do remember going on the classical FM Hall of Fame and listening to the music. So mm. it must have been more recently then. Uh, Yu Suzuki is officially presented with two Guinness World Records for Shenmue 3 being the most funded video game on Kickstarter and the fastest to raise 1 million. Massive achievements. Yeah, huge. Uh, actually on the wall in his y- uh, YSnet office, aren't they? I think. They are. They're still there to this day. Smashing. Um. February and March 2016 are banned together. So yep. in February 2016, we had the final set of results in the winning can raffle announced with tickets received for the contest representing over 2.5K or two, $2,500 rather spent on the Shenmue 3 PayPal campaign. That's a fantastic achievement. Yeah. Uh, Yuzuzuki appears at Magic Monaco for a Shenmue 3 conference hosted by uh, David DeVille of Shenmue Master and unveils new content and footage from the game's ongoing development. Later that day, Shenmue Master records its third interview with Zuki-san and publishes it the following month. Um, fans make the most of an official survey from Sega to express demand for Shenmue 1 and 2 HD. That's the Which, end of February. Yeah, we had quite a lot of those little surveys. Must have been around this time. I remember filling yeah, in quite, quite a few. A few. Mm-hmm. Um, March 2016, fans complete a Brazilian Portuguese translation of what Shenmue. <laughs> okay. Fans don't keep yeah, keep going, keep going by all means. And here we go. It finally happened. Shenmue soundtrack is finally inducted as the highest new entry into the classic FM Hall of Fame. 
Brilliant. Sadly, it couldn't be done, and it was done. <laughs> Again, Shenmue fans just doing what you know everyone says they can't. <laughs> yeah. I I can see a photo of me actually, so I'll I'll do April and May together. All right. So April 2016 to March 50th consecutive monthly tweet font contests are held throughout the day, and a teaser video is revealed to announce an interview with Yu Suzuki secretly held by Team Yu and the Shenmue Dojo fan side at Magic Monaco. The full video and written report are published the following day. Uh, who was representing Shenmue Dojo at the time then? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, Pete, Peter possibly was he possibly involved Peter. back then? Maybe he's he's been the majority yeah, of these Magic Monikers, yeah. as far as I know. Yeah. The media misconstrues another project update from Wiresnet with journalists this time falsely reporting that Shemid 3's dialogue might be only recorded in one language. The source material instead explains that it's the ability for players in all markets to select between English and Japanese when loading up their copy of the game and may come down to budgeting later in development. Stupid again. Uh, May 2016, responding to a deluge of fan questions about the whereabouts of Shemu 1 and 2 HD, Sega Europe states the company would love to release these tomorrow to, and is currently investigating how to make it reality, but cites complications from licensed products that were in, included in the original games. Most of the game's media reports this as a step in the right direction with possible cause for concern over the licensing issues while a minority of reporters exaggerate the story as confirmation of the games being greenlit. So I remember this actually, they were, Dan Sheridan at the time was doing like a Sega Central YouTube series and he was answering questions about Sega and stuff in general. And I left a comment on one of the previous episodes uh, with my Shenmue sort of question like mm. what's, you know, literally what's happening with Shenmue 1 and 2 HD. And Dan, thankfully, gave us that particular answer there, which is made it on the timeline, which is nice to see. And that particular picture there of me and Dan together, that was at the that PC game show that I was on yeah. about. I met him and had a little chat with him. Such a great bloke. Shame, actually, he left Sega, but he's got like entrepreneurial <laughs> sort of intentions. And uh, I know he's got his own little company and stuff called Shera Media. Oh, fair play. And he's, he's doing some of the stuff. I think he's involved in some games and stuff. Oh, nice. Uh, which is good to see. He was involved in VR a little bit as well. Uh, great bloke. Luke Crane, head of games at Kickstarter, quashes criticisms of Shenmue 3's use of their platform and Sony's involvement in the project. Gio Corsi and Adam Boys catch up with Yu Suzuki in Japan, showing their last photo together before Boys leaves Sony a few weeks later. That's, that was a shame as well, seeing Adam Boys leave, because obviously... Mm. This this is before Shenmue 3 is even released and, you know, what he kind of meant to the fans at the time, that announcement on the stage and stuff. And the last little thing in this month is Chinese fans on Baidu Teiba follow up their previous book donation by donating a projector to the remote primary school in Huilin. Lovely. Our group June, July and August together because there's only a few sort of bits here. It slows down, actually, sort of into the latter half of 2016. So June 2016, in partnership with Japan Cat Network, Team Mute launches the Shenmue Heart of Gold campaign to raise funding for shelter animals in Japan, inspired by Ria's compassion for an orphan kitten in the game. Lisa Wilkerson's own rescue cat, Princess Genki, acts as a feline ambassador with Shenmue 3 music composer Raiji Ayuchi and co-producer Shibuya Productions also helping to raise awareness. Lovely. July... Sorry, James. I was just saying lovely. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah it's cool isn't it i mean there's a lot of campaigns actually like raising money that the, the communities have been involved in actually it's quite quite cool to see always like different sort of things as well it's you know it's not always the same one it's you know they Lots get involved in the various different but yeah it's lovely uh, July 2016, now known as a Shenmue 3 advisor, Ryan Payton encourages campaigners to continue requesting Shenmue HD from Sega. Um, in August 2016, without prompting, Sega Europe COO Jürgen Post acknowledges that Shenmue has been pretty much at the top of every list of titles that people wanted to see revived. It's a change of tone, isn't it? Massively. Yeah, it just proves that the demands for the game and it's been everyone's... Or a lot of gamers greatest game of all time you know when these lists are compiled it's you know it's testament is the word i want to say actually it's testament yeah. actually that shenmue's stood the test of time all these years and it's still pretty much at the top of everyone's thoughts all the time it is it's crazy isn't it September 2016, Jürgen Post speaks in more detail about Shenmue, stating that Sega is looking into remakes of the first two games and that they have the company's full attention, while reiterating his colleagues' earlier comments uh, from May about licensing contracts that Sega will need to renegotiate before the games can get greenlit. Obviously, you've got Timex and that sort of stuff in there. Mm. Meanwhile, Sega Europe registers several website domain names, suggesting an, act an active interest in Shenmue HD remasters. I do remember that actually they had like a few didn't mm. they like shamu hd shamu something else i remember that yeah caused a bit of speculation in an unofficial poll conducted for sega's attention during the tweetathon fans vote overwhelmingly against keeping licensed products in shamu hd if negotiating those contracts will prevent the first two games from being released ahead of shamu 3. i think fans just wanted the first two games to be released so you know players could catch up prior to yeah. Shenmue 3 being released, you know. Yeah. It just made sense. Yeah, it did make sense. And luckily it actually happened because yeah. I think you, you go on social media, you do see new people picking up the series across various platforms. I see a lot of PC gamers picking it up at the moment, oddly. Mm. Um, I think it's just so cheap, isn't it, as well? Yeah, I mean, it's £6.24 at the moment on Humble. So if you want to pick it up on the cheap, do it. Because that's ridiculous for two games as well. Let's not forget yeah. it's two games. Two right. of the greatest games of all time. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, our group October to December together, because yeah. there's not too much here. So October 2016, uh, 17 years after its release, hidden animation data is discovered by a fan within the playable code of what Shenmue, matching the victory pose of Virtual Fighter's Akira, formerly the lead character of the game during development. So where he sort of sits down and goes, all right, all right, all right, that bit. Yeah. Rio does it. <laughs> they can trigger it, which is really quite interesting that it's still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. Cedric Biscay um, restates the need for Sega to release the new versions of Chevy 1 and 2 on modern platforms. Yep. Uh, November 2016, on the 30th anniversary of the start date of Shemu's story, a live playthrough on Twitch raises money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Again, Shemu fans raising money. Charity. Again. Awesome. Um, and then December 2016, fan-made mini Shenmue RPG is released for the Saturn platform, playable via an emulator. I never played this, you know. I didn't play it, but I, I kind of I remember it a little bit. It's still here, and oh, it's okay. on Titan, RPG, Titan yeah. Game Studios as a video. Hmm. And I think the link, yeah, the links are still there, and it all works. Looks pretty cool it's yeah. like a, a 2d isometric well top-down kind of yeah. um, 
old school looking game. Yeah, cool, actually. Cool. And then uh, the last bit for 2016, Chinese fans on Baidu TA but now enhance their previous donation of projects by also donating curtains to the remote primary school in Guilin. See, even the Chinese fans, it's such a, a worldwide community, isn't it? It's, mm. it's lovely, lovely to see. Right, it's bang up 2017. Uh, so we're looking at January here. So Cedric Biscay tweets his own direct plea to Sega to hashtag save Shenmue HD following the first tweet of of the year. New sites discover the domain names registered by Sega Europe in September 2016. Cedric Biscay urges fans to stay vocal in the quest to hashtag save Shenmue HD. I'll carry on because those are little short ones there. So February, the proposed Lego set featuring Yuzuki and some of his creations receives the required 10,000 votes to be formally considered. Obviously, we know it didn't actually happen, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Uh, There was also a rumour citing an unnamed source at Atlas USA claiming that Shenmue 1 and 2 remasters will release in 2017. I'm not sure what was going on there, but they were a year Mm -hmm. too early anyway. (laughs) Uh, March, fans use an official Sega Japan survey to highlight interest in the campaign for Shenmue 1 and 2 remasters. There's another survey that we all got involved in. Yeah, I'll do April... I'll do April, May, and June, yeah? Yeah, cool. Yeah, carry on. Okay. So April, Cedric Biscay reiterates his desire for Shenmue 1 and 2 remasters to be released by Sega ahead of Shenmue 3. Fans respond to an invitation from Tekken 7 director Katsuhiro Harara with requests for Ryo Hazuki to become a guest character in upcoming DLC. And obviously that never happened, unfortunately. That's something I'd still like to see, but... Uh, I'm not sure if Tekken 7 is still getting I think it, characters. I think they've sort of rounded off on Tekken 7 now. Right. Uh, May 2017, Sony Shio Kosi catches up with Yu Suzuki during a visit to Japan. June 2017, fans vote Shimba 1 and 2 in 2nd and 6th place, respectively, in a Famitsu magazine action adventure games poll. And fans react warmly to Yu Suzuki's announcement of an extension to Shimu 3's development period. So yeah, this was at the time where they kind of had a, a really short release schedule, didn't they? And Kickstarter, I think it said that it was coming out in December, 2017. December 2017. We all sat there yeah. going, there's no way they're doing that. No way they're going to do that in two years and obviously push the date. And I think he pushed the date a second time. That's probably in this timeline a little bit later, perhaps. Yeah, he got I think, was it three delays in the end. Maybe so, yeah. But this I mean, delay, he got the and then it, it was delayed again. Or Yeah. And then in 2018, it was delayed. And then it was delayed in 2019. They had to come out on that because... I think every time they got delayed, they got more like an influx of, you know, money from, you know, yeah. another company like Deep Silver or Epic or something or... It's, it's difficult, something. isn't it? Because I know that the last delay was was discovered by accident by pe- by someone putting the date on, a, um, on the Steam page, oh, yeah. if you remember, yeah. which um, caused a bit of a ruckus on the forums. Right, so August 2017 is a bit of a busy one here. So Sega Europe's Executive Vice President of Publishing, John Clark, makes familiar comments about Shenmue on new platforms, new something they would love to make to happen and are actively pursuing. John Clark's on. <laughs> the Italian branch of IGN um, recalls a monthly tweetathons that led up to Shenmue 3's shock revival. WiseNet releases a new teaser video to celebrate a publishing deal with Deep Silver, with many interviews at GamesCon allowing Yuzuzuki to address misconceptions about the game's incomplete assets. That was a big one. 
it had over a million Dead Eye stuff. yeah it had a million views that trailer and it got slated by a lot of people where, oh it's the finished product Shenmue 3 looks rubbish and you're going hang on a second there's been a delay announced for at least a year yeah see people they did that the whole time though didn't they i mean obviously going with the kickstarter and all the kickstarter updates you're going to see the development of the game aren't you that's yeah. that's what they said they were going to give you and then every time they were showing you the like the the most recent shots and stuff, people were saying, you know, it looks crap, and oh, you know, it's it's, I, it's hard. You can't judge a product until it's actually released. Well, Shenmue Four, should it happen, I would love them just to go. We're not going to show you anything, and yeah. bam, and then six just months stealth. in, and then just hit it really, really hard. I mean, everyone was well hoping that to see something at this E three, you know, but. I, I think it'd be it'd be all yeah it'd be awesome if they did it in that style like they've been working on it in the background all this time and you know maybe next year next d3 they say you know shemu 4 announced and the, and then they can say like you know releasing holiday 20 2022 and everyone be like oh my god that's like four months away yes yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing and then you know you wouldn't get all this cynical sort of like oh the go you know the models they need to do the models better because they've had the actual development time now to show what the finished product is going to look like. You were just seeing it a couple of years too early. So, of course, it's not going to look perfect. <laughs> no. So, you know, so that'd be we... cool if it happens like that. Um, at Gamescom, Suzuki also reiterates many times that the desire to see Shemi 1 or 2 remastered urging fans requests from Sega. Yep. Amongst the interviews granted by Suzuki at Gamecom, there are three conducted by fan sites, Shenmue Dojo, Shenmue 500K, and Shenmue Master. I got a question asked by the 500K at that point, actually. Brilliant. Um, it was one of the first questions. I think I asked something along the lines of, now there's the extra sort of funding from Deep Silver. Would that then mean the Kickstarter stretch goals would, would be achieved? And actually some were yeah. so well they gave that list at the end didn't they that was updated and you know we got a few we didn't get a few of some of the ones that they said they were going to give us but we ended up with actually others the majority and more really didn't we you know it's uh so they definitely fulfilled on those promises um team new interviews co-producer cedric biscay who again stresses the need for say to remaster shemu one and two yeah uh, voice actor Corey Marshall pays tribute to the teamwork of fans around the world making Shenmue 3 happen. And then Shenmue 1 and 2 both rank highly in a Famitsu poll to name the best video game of all time. Good stuff. I might just end the year out here. So Corey Marshall in September 2017 encourages Brazilian fans to campaign for HD remasters of Shenmue 1 and 2 with Portuguese subtitles. Interesting. There were more rumours insist on a 2017 release for the Shemu HD remasters, although it appears to be news to Oliver Comte, who is the head of Deep Silver's French division. And Comte checks in on Shemu 3's development in Japan, tweeting, very impressed by what I see. Clearly the game is going to be great. October the same year, voice actress Lizzle Wilkerson, or I'm going, I'm going to get bloody ripped by Peter for... The, what is it, Liesel? Voice actress Liesel Wilkerson participates in the monthly tweet-a-thon for remasters of Shemu 1 and 2. And finally, in that month, fans donate to a Japanese animal shelter through the Shemu Heart of Gold campaign to win a copy of Shemu 2, specially signed by Yu Suzuki. November, Shemu 3 co-producer Cedric Biscay visits Yu Suzuki in Japan. And Shemu's English voice cast reunites to raise funds for victims of three successive hurricanes, attracting media coverage in both the US and Japan. 
and to tail off the end of that year 2017 december yukuska's city's tourism board releases a free shamu themed guide map with the cooperation of sega helping fans make the most of any pilgrimage to the first game setting so that's interesting because that guide map was even before that they announced the the remasters and obviously mm, they released the get the guide map again later they did. yeah to promote I got, that. Uh, mm. I got a couple of those sat in my cupboard they're really good little maps actually aren't they yeah really nice they did a japanese version and uh, an english version for the english fans because they knew people were traveling specifically to japan and dobuita street there and whatever to actually see you know the <laughs> that 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 road so uh, it was a good little com- campaign, really. Encouraged it, didn't it? encourage tourism. It's just, yeah, it was one of those things that I think with people making the pilgrimage and still doing it to this day, it was a good, good move. Yeah, definitely good move. So we're now into sort of 2018, the final sort of four months of the, of the timeline now, and we start sort of ramping up towards the Shenmue One and Two HD announcement. So in January 2018, fans respond to a question asked by Sega with a deluge of support for Shenmue and the campaign for the remasters of the first two games. Comicbook.com, who ran the previous story about the re-releases coming in 2017, uh, revises their previous claims once evident the remasters were not released in 2017 after all. <laughs> Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um Chinese fans aren't Baidu Tai, but add to their previous donations by donating a further 166 books to the remote primary school in Guizhen. That is crazy. That's been going on for so That's long. That's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah, for the for, yeah for all the stuff that they've done combined, you know, they've awesome stuff there. And then the final bit for January is members of the Shenmue 500K collaborate for a new collage welcoming publisher Deep Silver to the Shenmue 3 project. And my mug is in that one. Is it? Is that one? I did. Yeah, I remember doing that one. I think I was an E an in e. it. Yeah. You can actually check, like I say, everything, every one of these points in the timeline's got links to the the sources and stuff, so you can check out Matt's mug, <laughs> holding up the E there, if you want to. With hair. <laughs> so February 2018, THQ Nordic announces its acquisition of Cock Media, the parent company of Deep Silver, stating that both companies will continue to operate separately with a commitment to delivering on their existing pipelines and no cost-cutting measures planned. Fans rise to the challenge of adding 5,000 pre-registrations to the tally for Sega's new Japanese mobile game, Code Daman, securing a cameo for Shemu's Rehazuki. Yeah, I remember that, actually. I remember that, yeah. I think I even downloaded it. Um, actually, I think I, bit, I did a guide of how to download it for... Yeah, to make, like, a Japanese account on app, on the App Store. Yeah. And you could download it there. I didn't really play it, though. Fan site Shemu Master publishes an exclusive interview with three composers of Shemu's soundtrack, uh, Takenobu Mitsuyoshi, uh, Yuzo Kushiro, and Ryuji Iuchi. And finally, of February 2018, Yusuzuki attends Magic Monaco for Shemu 3 Conference, sharing new screenshots with the public and an extended version of the Gamescom 2017 teaser video with those in attendance. Whilst there, Suzuki grants several media interviews, plus fan community interviews to Shemu 500K, Shemu Forever, Team U, Shemu Master, and Sega Saturno. Meanwhile, co-producer and magic promoter Cedric Biscay is also interviewed. Busy, busy month. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't attend that magic. We did the twenty nineteen one. Yeah, we did twenty. We did twenty nineteen. Yeah, I've um, seen photos from that one. It, it looked equally as as brilliant. <laughs> Two thousand nineteen was fantastic. Yeah. That was a that was a really good. I'd love it if actually they do announce Shenmue four and they do pull 
go back to Monaco. I'd love to do it again. I'd all love. Over again. I'd, I think I will try and go to as many as uh, events as the they have shown before there i'll try and attend them all because i will as long as fun funding and holiday allows but that that magic trip was just it was so magic <laughs> so damn good and we were we were very blessed actually that um there's obviously me you peter and um, flagship who, who who's no longer with the dojo were there so we were sort of on the ground doing all the work at the time and then we yeah. had like people like jibby and son and everyone back back in the uk um smashing out the forums and keeping an eye on things that was a crazy it was a busy weekend but it was a bloody good weekend it was nice to meet these people as well and obviously yeah i, I did i actually met james hamill there as well who yeah I met obviously james he's written there. this timeline uh, so yeah it's great to to meet some of these big names in the shemu community and i got incredibly drunk <laughs> <laughs> i think we all did um but there Cracking we go day. um last two months we've got here for the timeline on the team new page is march 2018 um, a new Facebook photo frame was introduced by Team U, allowing fans to easily adorn any picture with the campaign hashtag symbol, which is very similar to what you see across Facebook today anyway. Yep. Um, Corey Marshall updates fans directly via Facebook regarding the schedule for Shenmue 3 English voice recording. At that point, he didn't have a schedule. Little did we know that there was going to be a further delay announced at Games, uh, Games on 2000. Well, I say delay. It was... Given a release date, but it was also a delay at the same time at Gamescom 2018. Later, yeah. I think it was August that year. It was actual fact the day that Shenmue 1 and 2 released on PlayStation 4, Xbox and PC. Gamescom was that day. I remember it because I was at okay. work. Um, and then April 2018 is the last big milestone on the timeline. Uh, responding to a request to make Shenmue 2 backward compatible on Xbox One. Microsoft Phil Spencer advises fans to take it up with Sega as the onus is on the publisher. And then Sega delivered. The last point of April 2018 is Sega chief Haruki Satomi, soon to be joined on stage by John Clark, executive vice president of publishing at Sega Europe, announces new enhanced versions of Shenmue 1 and 2 for modern platforms at Sega Fez in Tokyo. Sega Europe, Sega of America and developer D3T share the news by tweeting the hashtag, hashtag Shenmue saved, bringing to a close the hashtag save Shenmue HD campaign. Wow, that is it, yeah. And that's it. That is the timeline. I mean, they, they didn't add to it beyond this. I mean, you'd be talking, if you were making additions, I suppose, you'd talk about Gamescom, Gamescom 2018, uh, TGS 2018, obviously the release of 1 and 2 on modern platforms, Magic Monaco 2019. And then, of course, the the the, the subsequent uh, delay and trailers from, from Gamescom 2019 and E3 2019, and, of course, Shenmue 3's um, subsequent release, and then Team U disbanding itself. Um, with the with the purpose served, shall we say? And James Hamill left the community, and I don't think it would be wrong of me to say that he, along with a lot of the other community groups, were instrumental in Shenmue Three happening. And without that work, I don't think we'd be talking about this today. No, not at all. And I think it's a, a nice point to close the the actual timeline there by you know they literally the at this point we we save Shenmue. You know we got. Shenmue 3 on the way was is kind of born from this outcry from fans, this campaigns over the years. You know, it's evident in this timeline how much fans got behind the series to to get it back into um, existence, really. And you know, Shenmue 3 came back, Kickstarter funded, of course. You know, and today we we own Shenmue 3, 
and you can pop it in your console and play it. You know, you, you, you can't fathom the fact that there was 15 years there where we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, if, if we'd ever ever see a game again. And I think Shenmue 3's tier, we shouldn't take it for granted. Let's keep pushing. Let's keep pushing for Shenmue 4. Shenmue saved, basically. We've got an anime on the way. And uh, I, I just wanted to read these little tweets they've got at the bottom mm. of the timeline here just to, to close us out. So Sega tweeted, you've asked, we've listened, and we're extremely excited to announce that Shenmue 1 and 2 are coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC in one package. Both games will feature Japanese and English voiceovers, the choice of classic or modern controls, and more. Hashtag Shenmue saved. Sega Europe just tweeted, hashtag Shenmue saved. And D3T, who obviously worked on the re-releases, said, Super excited to reveal we've been working on the classic Shenmue franchise with Sega. It's an honour and privilege to deliver these high-profile titles to new platforms and new audiences. Hashtag Shenmue saved. So I think that is such a, a nice way to, to kind of end the timeline. We did save Shenmue. Hashtag Shenmue saved. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? All that time, all that effort, and we got the result that we wanted. And it shouldn't stop now. We save Shenmue, but we need to keep it that way. So on the 4th of every month, hashtag let's get Shenmue 4. Get on Twitter, get on social media, let Sony, let Microsoft, let whoever the hell need to know about it, that we're not going to stop until we get a Shenmue 4. Exactly, man. So if you do want to view this timeline that we've just literally, we've gone through every little point on the timeline there, you can head over to teamu.net. Like I say, the dojo now uh, is hosting this website to, to keep it, up for future generations to be able to view this this nice little history piece you know it'd be a shame if this suddenly just was was no longer to be or you know you had to use the wayback machine to to read it and like i say there's there's more stuff on the the team U actual website here you can check out some of the other little things that they've got going on there like i say they've got links to all of the fan sites that have ever been produced for shenmue which is really cool to see and uh, there's even one on there that i i've worked on when i was a, a kid which is a little bit embarrassing, so I won't tell you which one that is, but that's in, in the list there. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I don't know if there's anything more else to add to that. This has been a pretty lengthy episode. This might even be the longest one, which I wasn't expecting. I thought we would probably hammer through this, but like I say, it's such a detailed timeline, and there's there's so many talking points. Um, you might have noticed we kind of picked it up in the second half of the timeline just to, to get through because it's such a huge thing. I would really recommend checking this out uh, or, you know, I, I'll try my best to include a lot of a lot of the images and a lot of the, the sources involved in a lot of these points on the YouTube side of things for this podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, you've probably just seen that over the last three hours, some of the images and stuff. It's going to be a big one to edit. I'm dreading it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it'll be a good episode that. And uh, we're going to close out with a piece of music just before we leave you for this particular episode and we'll see you again in another six weeks time possibly match i think yeah we'll come out with something i'm sure uh, if you want to say bye um i'll say bye after <laughs> all right so everyone take care and we'll catch you all again soon so yeah guys thanks for listening thanks for supporting us subscribing to the podcast and everything that the dojo puts out we really appreciate it so we're going to close out with a piece of music here this is from shemu 3 and it's called long for home Thanks, guys. See you again next time.
Ah, oh, look at the time. 